Decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Uh. <laughs> welcome back. It was uh, it was an interesting stream last week in your absence. Yeah. It'll be an interesting one tonight, too. Uh, we are we have the draw of being directly up against the vice presidential debate. So who knows how this will go? But the show must go on no matter what. So here we are. Is anybody really? I guess my husband's watching it downstairs. Oh, I, I just feel like it's going to be Pence looking all serene and then Kamala being the shrew that she is. <laughs> I I have high hopes for Pence. So I will definitely be tuning in to check it out in full when we're done. And um, as we've tried to do in the past, we will check in on the debate throughout the show. We'll We'll have a listen maybe at our Super Chat breaks. Uh, because CNN is so copyright happy with YouTube, I can't do the little mini uh, player down, you know, down in the bottom of the screen like I did last time because uh, Susan gave us a copyright strike for that and threatened to ban our stream for three months. So we'll check in by audio. We'll have a little listen. Uh, and maybe you guys can clue us in on what's going on on the debate front as well. <laughs> but other than that, we will treat it as a normal call-in show. Uh, if you're new to the show, remember, um, if you'd like to participate, there is a link to the Discord server on which we host the show. That is in the YouTube description. Hop in the server, and uh, the roll call opens up 10 minutes before we go live. Put your name in the roll call at live. I will randomize all the callers, post them back in the server, and we will go in the randomized order. Uh, as we pull you into the uh, into the live room, be sure to hang out in one of the waiting rooms and try to keep your call to two or three minutes as a gesture of courtesy to your fe- uh, to your fellow callers. And, yeah, I don't uh, I don't have the energy to be on the clock. I shouldn't right. tell people that. Then they're just going to I'll crack the whip tonight. Then. OK, no, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. I'll do my normal poor job of keeping time. And of course, we have uh, we have uh, double uh, we have double the, the email questions to get to tonight, too. Not really. It's not so. All bad. right. Well, we have two weeks worth, I should say. Um, but if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, of course, you can send us an email question as well. It's beauty in the beta at Gmail dot com. Put call in show question in the subject line all right i will delay no further uh that's a lie i'll delay a little bit more we'll take super chat breaks every half hour of course as well but other than that uh let's hop into the calls for the republic is up first for the republic you're good to go hey guys how's it going hey oh you know just getting through it what's what's going on with you what's on your mind well i figure plenty of people will be talking about the uh the vice presidential debate here tonight, so I'll avoid that. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking. I I feel one of the only ways out of this whole ideological mess and the entire mess that we as a country have been put into, large chunk by the uh, expanse of the federal government, is to actually use Article Five of the Constitution and call a convention of the states Hmm. and try to fix some of this. Well, the problem is the problem is a lot of the states are loonier than the federal government. (laughs) I know. What do you do with California? Not the majority, but yeah. yeah. 
Well, I mean, you only need 34 states to actually call the convention, and then you only need 38 to actually pass any amendment. It's a pretty Ooh, tall order, I don't order, think though. we'd be able 38? to do it, yeah. I mean, I, I can mean, name you... Can you can count New England out. Yeah, you can count the entire West Coast out. Yeah. You can count... I can name 12 states that I know for sure would be in... Yeah. In, in, yeah but well, what, what, before we shit all over this idea, what gives you reason, reason for <laughs> optimism? What, uh, why do you think this is the right way? Well, I mean, there's so many amendments to the Constitution that I think we should actually consider that Congress will just never touch, such as term limits, for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they they'll they'll never bring that up. They'll never pass it themselves. So I feel it's uh, the duty and you know it's the responsibility of the states to actually get that done to bypass Congress and you know impose those kind of restrictions upon them. Because you know Biden's been in office or been in government what 108 years or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you can't accomplish what you set out to do in Let's say 20 years. If you can't get the job done in 20 years, you clearly you aren't doing the right job and you don't deserve to be in government. Oh, yeah. We already know that, though. But but how feasible. OK, let's talk about the states that we know. Sure. We get here. All right. We got then feel free to jump in. Idaho, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. We've got Montana, Missouri, Kansas. Right. Yeah. 38's a lot to list is the thing. Georgia, Texas. Yep. I mean, I, there's no way it's 38 states. I'm thinking 15 I could count well, on for at, sure. At the moment, there have been 15 that have that have passed it. I mean, where um, do we get those other states, though? <laughs> yeah. There, there, are, there are seven other states that have passed it in one branch of their legislature. And there are uh, 14 other states that have introduced the bill but uh no action has been taken on it yet hmm. so it hasn't even gotten to the floor of their that's, uh, that's only 34 even potential states and then the, the remaining ones are going to be like nah under no circumstances are we going to well, like that. i said we only need 34 to actually start the process <sighs> and then who cares then we only need well then we only need to convince four more states but yeah like i said i mean we need we need term limits we need something like a I know a balanced budget amendment so that like Congress does not get paid unless we actually have a balanced federal budget, something like huh. that. I wish. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like we- said, these are the things that the states can do, but the, obviously the federal government would never pass on their own. I mean, Congress would never yeah. touch legislation like that, but. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's, the reality is, I think it's just difficult to get states to pull back states' power, which uh, which is baffling. Uh, you look at the uh, the interstate compact on the electoral college, where they pledge their electoral votes to the yep. winner of the popular vote. We have a lot of states trending Moronic. the opposite direction. Please, yeah. federal government, have have what autonomy we have left. And I, uh, purple states too, and uh, some states that are much further red than than you would expect yeah. are going for this idea. I'm like, what are you doing? I admire the. Well, uh, I mean. The uh, the thinking here, though, I think you're on the right track. I admire the optimism about it. I'm with you. I'm just it, it just doesn't seem feasible to me, but I wish. And maybe state of Jefferson would help. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we could get north and north Jefferson and south Jefferson. Yeah, we can only hope. I mean, half the problems in this country would go away if states actually, you know, remembered that they are sovereign nations in and of themselves. Yeah, it'd be in nice. A union with each other. Instead of taking but, care of their own houses, they want to control everybody else across the country. That's the number one problem right now. 
California. Succeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. All right. Well, as always, yeah. secession is the only solution to uh, our problems. Okay, have a good day. But would they leave us alone if we seceded? No, because they I need don't know, our maybe shit. Maybe if we, <laughs> if we <laughs> exactly. built a wall. Yeah. Built a wall around Idaho. Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah. Okay. Up next is Tails. Find tails. Actually, tails. I'm not seeing you, so hop in one of the waiting rooms if you're uh, still hanging out. I'll circle back. Mike Dewine, shit-eating grin. Mr. Dewine, you there? Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Um, sorry. Am I coming through good? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay. Um, I, you know. Uh, I know a lot of people are just, you know, frustrated with everything going on with the uh, uh, government. Um, you know, still the shutdown is you know, affecting a, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and as I said when I first called in, I do work for the government, and I get a chance to talk to those people who are, you know, really affected by all this. And again, like I was saying, people are frustrated; and they don't know exactly what to do, and and I think that's kind of why people, you know, you know, the accelerationist route of, you know, burn it all. And, you know, I, you know, people just feel powerless. And I wanted to uh, offer some uh, advice for anyone who feels like they've been screwed over or wronged by the state. Um, the easiest way to get back um at your and I, at your state government, since they're the ones who are you know, screwing you over currently at the moment, um, is to do a whole, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, freedom of information request hmm. because by law you are allowed to do that, and by law, um, they have to respond within a certain amount of time, yeah, and if not, well, that's just trouble for them. Um, and just for some uh, interesting ideas for uh, people, and it, I, I should state this, um, the specific rules for Ohio is you can request you know, information, but it has to be kind of specific. You can't just say, I want to know um, everyone's um, – what everyone was working on. For the entire agency, uh, yeah. they'll just automatically deny that. Yeah, but if you can um, think, so if you can think in more specific ways, it's highly useful. Like you're talking about, I, I think of the greatest example of a FOIA request I've seen in the coronavirus, all the coronavirus and shutdown stuff so far, is mm -hmm. um, is that case in St. Louis where they got the list of snitches, where they, where they basically <laughs> snitched right. on the snitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. But you can think of things like that. Um, well, if I could give a few examples, yeah, stuff do. that I know that uh, uh, John Q. Public usually won't even think about, uh, fleet reports. Uh, almost every agency has some sort of fleet cars. I know in Ohio, um, we typically go through DAS, which is the Department of Administrative Services, um, but we still have to keep rec uh, records, requests, receipts, keep a vehicle log, all that jazz for anything that happens with our vehicles. Well, what's your what's your thinking on that? What would how would well, that information? You, well, if you ask for them, if you ask for them, if they're anything like most of the agencies I've been talking to, mm -hmm. uh, vehicles have just been sitting for four or five months, 
and those vehicle logs have been out in the sun and they're completely washed out. And then nobody's nobody can go into the office and take care of the, uh, you know, running reports. So just ask for a vehicle request. And then when things are just screwed up, that halts the agency. That's going to stop everything. Um, another fun one is. Oh, you're thinking of requests. like you're thinking of sabotage as opposed to. I was thinking, like, get information that exposes the corona hypocrisy and the lockdown hypocrisy. Oh no, I th- I think th- I think we've had more than enough of uh, exposing. You're the thinking hypocrisy. just make it hard for. You're thinking like, just just screw with them type stuff. That's I one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And again, you put in those requests, and if it is not too incredibly broad, they have to by law respond to it. So yeah, have, but I guess my my worry is, you know, so we're punishing local county clerk lady or some administrative assistant in the state capitol. They aren't the people who did this sort no, of no, thing. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I, that's why I said state government, any of the agencies. But the county does not. The county does not. Uh, um, they do not fall under the jurisdiction of the state. They fall underneath the uh, jurisdiction of their county or whatever municipality. So if you go to um, uh, to, 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 what's it? Uh, go to, uh, go to liquor control and say I want to know uh, where your inventory is. What is what's going on with this? And if they're like anything like every single other agency, they're working at home. They're working remotely. They're working with the state agency computers. I can guarantee you, they are not keeping track of that. And this, this is, and yeah, I'm 100% saying this is the way to sabotage. Yeah, I, I guess sabotage, I'm just saying for me, like the people that, okay, my governor, uh, my mm-hmm. county health board, the people that made the decisions that screwed over people's lives, like the secretary mm-hmm. at, who handles uh, vehicle logs at some state agency. I mean, yeah, they're part of the monster, I suppose, but I, I just, yeah. I'm less interested in making her life hell than the governor who made our lives hell. You know, I understand that. But at the same time, we are willfully taking tax dollars. And I can almost guarantee you that is nowhere near that instance. I know with our no. agency, we don't have like a dedicated uh, fleet person. It's just handed to someone and they just kind of flit around the gotcha. reports are never handed in on time. I I cannot stress enough how slow, awkward and ill-managed or even mismanaged, I guess, proper way of saying it, uh, government runs, at least on the state. Well, and it's I, compounded I at the federal on. level. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah, yeah. to let well, you go, I, man. But thank you. Thank you yeah, for the no, creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck out there. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. Okay. Uh, Contrary Christian. That's a new name, I think. Contrary Christian. You there? I'm hanging out a second. After that, it is uh, Mustache Asian. Mustache Asian, you there? Oh, oh hey. How's it going? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> lagging behind, so I'm not sure. Sure. Like, What's <laughs> on your mind, man? Uh, yeah, today I had a little good little chat with an old friend uh, from graduate school, and, you know, he and we talk, and we don't, you know, both of them believe in, in this uh, corona bullshit but that's just kind of tangent but yeah they just you know good to have somebody to talk to at least face to face for a little bit <laughs> a relic <laughs> of the past bit, yeah. man real human yeah, contact remember those human days contact yeah, yeah. And, and good to have somebody who doesn't buy this 
BS. But yeah, but anyways, I, I, that's not what I mainly mean, want to talk to want to talk about. But I want to bring to you guys' attention, you know, that ATF is is you know screwing up again. Well, not screwing up. They are intentionally screwing with us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, everybody is is getting pissed about this uh, stupid ATF uh, stupid pistol brace ruling again. And they're going after you know Q right Q. Yeah, and, so this is the rest of us are getting screwed too. This is a really for <laughs> yeah. non-gun people. Gun guys will know exactly what you're talking about. Non-gun people, this is a very technical issue. Do you want to explain what happened in as simple as terms as possible? Yeah. So what happened was that ATF told uh, Q or the the guys who invented the heart, honey badger. The, the 300 blackout stuff, basically a short barrel, not short barrel, but like the pistol, like the um, the AR pistol. That their AR pistol is supposed to, is going to be classified as a short barrel raf- rifle. Right. But they never told them why they they are classifying it as a short barrel rifle all all of a sudden. Right. So yeah. So just so people understand yeah. what this means. Yeah. If it's a short, the ATF has reclassified this firearm that was previously a pistol as a short-barreled rifle for reasons they don't fully explain. They just say, we decided, we have decreed. And that distinction means, one, that if you own one of those things, because short-barreled rifles are heavily regulated, those have to be registered with the federal government. You got to go through a lengthy process to get a tax stamp to legally own one. So that means that everyone that has one now is a potential criminal if they don't register it. That means that the manufacturer either has to supply those people with new parts to make them non-short-barreled rifles, or they could keep manufacturing them, but they could only transfer them with with the tax stamp, that sort of thing. It's just the ATF deciding this is a new kind of gun now, and it has all kinds of special (laughs) rules. That's really what happened. Yeah. And there are literally three million, at least three million of this similar, you know, braces by SB Tactical yes. because they use SB Tactical braces. Right. And SB Tactical is pissed too because they don't get back to them. Like, why did you all of a sudden say, does, does like, their decision, this gun with my brace on it and say, oh, this is a short bio rifle. Does their decision also. implicate all SB Tactical braces or just the one on the Honey Badger? As of right now, just on the honey badger and the honey, uh, the the honey weasel, or I forgot exactly, sugar weasel, the sugar weasel. Okay. Um, that they are being impacted, but but we, well, one can at the end of the day that if this go through, the rest of them are gonna be. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think this will withstand scrutiny uh, in the courts because, of yeah. course, per Heller, the commonly owned yeah. the rule of commonly owned is 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 how they've decided second amendment decisions in the past that is to say the second amendment protects people keeping and bearing commonly owned weapons which is a standard i don't like because what's commonly owned has been historically defined by the government itself but to the point you're making there are thousands of these braces out there in in public possession right now to declare them illegal overnight, or to at least declare the firearms to which they're attached illegal or not illegal, but short bailed rifles overnight. Uh, that would have yeah. such, I mean, first of all, it flies in the face of the Heller decision, but second of all, it's just wildly impractical. I mean, you, you've turned thousands of people into potential felons on a whim. Yep. Yep. At least millions. Like, because SD tactical, yeah. the good thing about them is that they let it go for this long. They didn't snub it out at the beginning and say, Oh, this is, you know, not legal. And now they let it run. Like and now it's like millions and people are going to be pissed. Like, yeah. They're going to be uh, pushed back. 
you know, on their on their bullshit. Everyone's yeah. gonna get Randy Weavered very soon. So if you and how are they gonna enforce it, right? Like this yeah. is essentially like a gun ban, right? Like assault weapons ban just over one feature yeah i i it's it's just totally impractical it's like declaring handguns banned maybe not quite on that scale but it's it's large the amount of people who have these things is very large definitely so yeah so it's just you know people need to get on goa or fpc and believe all of them at least this time nra was trying to do something. i was gonna say it's so this is how bad it is blonde this is how you know it's bad the NRA yeah. actually gives a shit. The NRA released a <laughs> statement of opposition. They're like, whoa, okay. That's finally the NRA has yeah. decided to get off their asses and at least say something. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah. Actually, like according to Q, they initially didn't even respond. Like they well, they initially say, Oh, we can do something, but like like the ATF, they kind of went silent for a few weeks until uh Q said, Okay, we're gonna go public with yeah. this thing because we have to. Like we are, we have a responsibility to our customers to inform them that this is a, a ruling or decision, a tip, interpretation, whatever. So yeah. So and then and I said, oh, okay, we'll we'll you know send out millions of emails to our people. Yeah. And yeah. So still tracking their feet anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, don't okay. have any boating accidents. Bury all your treasure very deep. All that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Forward. Good luck, man. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. You too, man. Later. Yeah. That. Uh... That is a bullshit development in the last couple of days that gun people are very much going to care about. But I think I think just to connect this back to people who aren't necessarily gun people, remove guns from it and just imagine the federal government declared property you've owned for years on a whim illegal. It's yeah. it's assault property now. So you have to pay the government 200 bucks to own it or you have to modify it or you have to trash it. Like If they decided you had an assault car on a whim, take that spoiler off of it. Or something like that. Such nonsense. Anyway, contrary Christian, you there? All right, we'll let him hang out a second. Uh, Chet, uh, Chet Nick. Up after that, Chat, you there? All right, we'll keep moving along. Uh, Red Falcor cheats. Red Falcor always finds his way in, but you know, we'll we'll pretend that he plays by the rules. Mr. Falcor, are you there? Hey. What's on your How's mind? How's it going, guys? Oh, you know. Uh, I was just thinking about... Uh... No, go ahead. Sorry. I've oh, I, I was accusing you of cheating again, but I don't think you heard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get in last time, so you can't call me a cheater this time. You always got to cover your ass one way or another. <laughs> Is Blonde there, by the way? Yeah. I can't tell. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Excellent. Uh, looks like I'm in a full house as well. Got everybody in the room. Yeah, right we just we got some people who I don't know if they're having mic problems or what, but I'm letting them hang out. <laughs> it's been an interesting night. Uh, I was just having a um, uh, interesting discussion with my wife over uh, civil unions versus marriages. Mm. Oh, really? Um, and uh, I'm wondering if the two of you sort of have an opinion on the topic. Hmm. I don't know. You got to make it legal. Although civil unions are legal, aren't they? Well, now per the court, yeah. marriage has to be everything. All states have to recognize gay marriage, period. Um. Oh, you were talking about gay civil unions. I was thinking for some reason uh, when you live with somebody for like 10 years, you're just assumed. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking gay union. marriage. 
Yeah, I was thinking gay marriage as well. Okay. Why was I thinking that? Is that also called a civil union? Maybe. I, I think um, not quite. It has another name, I think. Does anybody remember. remember that? My brain doesn't work anymore. Does anybody remember what it's called in the live chat? Let me know. Default. Uh, you're yeah, thinking common, like law marriage, with somebody for, common law common marriage. Common law marriage. There it is. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you, you're talking about the difference between heterosexual, like the validity of heterosexual marriage and civil unions between gay men? Yeah. Presumably? Yeah. Yeah. Or or gay women. And we were discussing like how much the government should be involved or what the label should be or if there should be a label, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I'm kind of wondering if you guys lean more... Uh, uh, libertarian on that or uh i don't know i used to but now conservative now i'm like marriage between a man and woman case closed <laughs> yeah <laughs> These why days. do you think that what what uh what um i the procreation thing is huge i mean i do think that marriage is for procreation for the most part and then after reading all those studies on 50 percent of gay marriages in men are open marriages so they're just like banging other people and then the lesbian domestic abuse rate is so high and then lesbian bed death is so high too i'm like <laughs> i think that you're just not really caught you're just Wait, what, calling does that, this what does that mean i've never heard the term bed death oh my gosh you never oh, heard this, no. this phenomenon where lesbians just stop having sex oh it's incredible it's more i thought they were like uh suffocating each other with pillows or something like that. Well, probably, probably that too, yeah. <laughs> that is what it sounded like. It took me a second to remember what that was. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. Uh, and can be, you know, I think this, uh, it, it may fundamentally come down to, to the difference between men and women. And is there a fundamental difference between men and women? Yeah, I mean, if, um, to me, I, I would prefer to see the government mostly out of this issue. That said, I, I think that there's I don't think that we can pretend that these are the exact same things as long as nobody's rights are being violated. I don't really want to criminalize anything or ban yeah. anything. And I don't think anybody's rights are violated by gay marriage. Um, that said, I think there's a big push in the social science community in particular to show that no, no, no. Gay marriage is exactly the same as heterosexual marriage. And I just think that they're they're qualitatively different things. I think that the right. purpose of marriage in the way that you're describing is um, the creation of children and the raising of children. That's not to say that someone should be banned from living a different lifestyle. And, and I don't want any sort of legal protection or distinction on that sort of thing necessarily, at least just in terms of the way people are living their lives. But I, I really reject the push that these are the exact same thing. That That's kind of what yeah. bugs me. As far as government... I, I don't care. I don't think it's really the state's business as far as uh, how we should view these things socially. That is where I think it's a lot dicier. Yeah. She argues that uh, why view them as different when we can view them as more similar. Uh, and again, I think it's, you know, it gets down to the gender discussion more than anything. I mean, can we like view them as more similar gender roles sort of thing? What are the gender roles in a homosexual marriage? Uh, that's a good question. You got your I bears just... and your twinks. Come on. Like... Do... <laughs> yeah, but then they're just poorly like emulating that. traditional gender roles. Well, here, here's the issue, though. Um, and we've talked about this on the show before. Let's say that let's take the hardest stance possible, like the stance that it shouldn't be a thing and it should be outlawed. And gay men, for example, should grin and bear it and marry a woman. Right. 
for the sake of bearing children or something like that. As, marry a lesbian. Oh, marry a lesbian. <laughs> well, the, 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 the difficulty with that, <laughs> too, you, there are pitfalls as we talked. How will you ever have sex in order <laughs> to... <laughs> So, Close your eyes, lay back and think of England. The pitfalls there is even if that's what the individual decided he wanted to do, he wasn't even forced to do it, but he decided that's what he wants to do. How do you set that sort of thing up with a, with a, um, with the woman? Like, even if she's participating in good faith, I mean, there has to be deception or there has to be knowledge of like, listen, I'm more attracted to dudes than you, but we're going to try this. Ah, uh, yeah, but Mary, maybe she's like a homely chick and that's a situation that she's willing to get into. Or maybe she's not super interested in sex, um, but they'll just have, like, have one or two kids and she's asexual, he's gay. Hmm. I can see situations where this would work. And then they just have a great friendship yeah. and pick up drapes together. <laughs> What's, uh, what are your thoughts before we let you go? I Well, I did want to, uh, you know, in... In exchange uh, with her, my wife has a K-pop thing that she wants to promote uh, real quick. Okay. Uh, so maybe I should use my time for that instead. Well, uh, tell she, me one sentence what your view is. I want to know. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm kind of of the more libertarian camp, the Ben Shapiro camp, where I just want the government out of marriage entirely. Um, but I, I also... Um, I think that there is a fundamental difference between men and women su such that it may dictate uh, a, a need f for marital partnerships where possible. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, as Blonde said, there's probably a lot of ways to do that uh, th that uh, don't necessarily involve um, completely betraying one's nature as they view it. So okay. that's how it that's how it appears to me. All right. What's your K-pop plug? Um, uh, real quick, uh, if everybody who uh, has a bit of time on their hands can vote for GOT7, G-O-T-7, as top social artist for the Billboard Music Awards, that would go a long way. All right. For, uh, and you never know, this may help bring my wife into our ideological fold. <laughs> <laughs> we have well, a conversion to do, yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, man. Yes. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Okay. We are due for our first break. Let me, I'm going to tune in and listen in a little bit here if you want to get YouTube ready to go. We're good on uh, DLive. Thank you guys for Let tuning me in. See. The structure it's about upgrading our roads and bridges, but also How investing in clean energy and renewable energy. Joe is going to invest that, that money in what we need to do around um, innovation. There was a time when our country mm -hmm. believed in science. And invested in research and development. I'm sorry, so that I we keep were yawning. An innovation leader on the globe. Oh, did you put the debate on? Sorry, Joe I Biden did. Will She's use just that money to invest in education. So, for example, it, it looks very well behaved to to compared to uh, It will be free. Looks very if, well behaved compared to the presidential debate. All right, um, you got any? Should I read some of these? Yeah, go for it. This is from Gannon. Hey, Blonde, have you seen any of Father James Altman's videos? He's super based on coronavirus, culture, and politics. Cause outrage by saying you cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat. I think you would really appreciate him. No, but I am constantly getting sent his videos. Hmm. Um, I'm not a good Catholic. It's bad. Axeman Titan says, YouTube channel Liberty Doll, who's been on the show several times, said that if you air C-SPAN footage of the debates, you won't get a copyright strike. Really? It has to be C-SPAN? <laughs> Is that is that the kicker? Um, I guess so. 
Yeah, well, well, we'll just check in with audio for tonight, but maybe I can test that theory in the future. Although I think, I don't think any of the remaining debates are on Wednesday nights, as far as I know. Oh, really? I think there's a Thursday. I don't know when the last one is, though. Black magic. I googled Chris Wallace's ethnicity after the last debate. I think he was Scott or Anglo. Know what I found, Skag? Go ahead. Take a guess. I can wait. Three guesses and the first two don't count. Why even bother Googling it? (laughs) Can't you just look at his face? Come on. Um, Laurel says, Balkanization is not a way to avoid the boog. It is a way to end it. First, because boog has to happen to convince them to balkanize. And second, to convince them not to simply attack us after we split. I know. Hmm. Uh, Dying Light of the West, a big donation. Thank you, sir. If you are part of a society that votes, then do so. There may be no candidates and no measures you want to vote for, but there are certain to be ones you want to vote against. In case of doubt, vote against. Hmm. By this rule, you will rarely I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you. I, I, I always hate voting against things. Got to do it. But you sort of have to. And I would say that Trump, Trump has actually, I would say he's, I'm voting more for him this time around than I was in 2016. It was almost more of like a a vote to watch people's heads explode in 2016. This time around, I think he's done enough positive things that I can at least consider some of it a a vote for him. But there's no doubt that a lot of it is just playing defense against how insane the Democratic Party is. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but he's done a lot wrong, too. I mean, truthfully, I don't really think he deserves my vote. I'll vote for him. Oh, I was going to ask you, I'm still registered in King County. Mm -hmm. Should I vote in King County? (laughs) Isn't that illegal, though? Wouldn't that be a law breaking? It's not illegal. I I do not believe it's illegal. Get this. Listen, I'm going to. My vote doesn't count in either place. I'm going to say you should vote. You should do the right thing. You should vote where you live. You definitely shouldn't vote twice because that would be a crime. But I don't think it's illegal, though. Oh, do you have a residence there? Is that why? As of two weeks ago, I no longer do. Oh, so maybe maybe it's technically square if uh, I don't know what the deadline for that sort of thing is. Well, where do you think my vote if it's not illegal? Where do you think my vote would count? You should more? vote accelerationist in Seattle. <laughs> that's what you should do. <laughs> yeah, that's a, oh my gosh. That's the true I, blonde spirit. Get I this, to though. Flog myself if I did that. Um, my fiance uh, is is formerly from well, she's from California and her family lives in California and her ballot reportedly appeared at her dad's house today, like a ballot for Mm. her. And also there are other members of her family, uh, parents with older kids. All those kids are getting ballots at their parents' house where they don't live and haven't lived for years in California. Now, I mean, who every person in the graveyard votes in California. So it probably doesn't matter that much. Yeah. But I don't like it. Though. It's weird. And she hasn't lived in California for a couple of years now. So how many years? A two. Damn. That seems like more than an oversight. Although you have to think about bureaucratic incompetence too. Yeah. So who knows, but the ballots are flowing in, uh, in California. All right. Are we good on, on chat? Yes. Uh, yeah. Danny Montana, you throw money at us, but you know I can't read any of this. <laughs> Danny Montana gets pretty spicy. I've I've seen him. I don't I don't have that one in front of me though. Uh, this isn't so bad. He says, "Re, I promise I was just talking about a video game last show. Any who I'm digging match shirt. It's got a great connection to my favorite historical figure, the Mustache Man." This is actually Cheers. this is a shirt Hail from uh, the Gold and Silver Pawn Shop in Las Vegas, like the Pawn Stars show. Because uh, I used to love that show so much. The last time I went through Vegas, I had to go to the shop. 
But that was like two years ago. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, Kamala, uh, Kamala is talking about something. Let me listen in on her for maybe thirty seconds and see. What and what it also about. did is it saved those families who otherwise were going bankrupt because of hospital bills they could not afford. On the other hand, you have Donald Trump, who's in court right now, trying to get rid of. <laughs> Thank you, Senator Trying Harris. to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, which means that you will lose protections if you have pre-existing conditions. And I just, this is very important, Susan. Yes, and no. it's important. But we need to give, we need to give Vice President. I, I just like he stop. interrupted me. Oh, the moderator's like... name is Susan. That's great. Very appropriate. Oh, really? <laughs> they're talking, um, they're talking Affordable Care Act and the uh, protection of people with pre-existing conditions. Honestly, I mean, I haven't seen much of it, but this looks comparatively boring. Let's see. It looks comparatively well behaved. But uh, yeah. let's hop back into our. Um, or, oh, I do have a couple on Streamlabs, actually. Phil says, Derek Chauvin got out on bail tonight. Good to see they can't keep a good man down. <laughs> he did. I, it was a million dollars I saw it reported. But he's out. Yes. So is there going to be rioting? It was a non-cash bail. Hmm. Anonymous says, uh, a month ago, the place I work said they will implement anti-racist training. Figuring out how to fight, uh, figuring out how to fight back I will not take this quote unquote training more like indoctrination. Even if it costs me my job, I don't believe that being silent is a viable option. Well, I, I, I can't tell you how many questions and thoughts we get about this sort of thing from people in school, from people at work who have to make the decision when they say, I know this is bullshit. Should I just grin and bear it to save uh, my school or save my income? Or should I speak out? And the answer that we always say, or at least from our perspective is you got to evaluate your position. And if you're, if you're a freshman in college um, or, well, I suppose if you're a senior about to get out of there, just, you know, just deal with it get out of there make it, make a change elsewhere. If you're uh, a super low level employee at your place of work, maybe you wait till you gain a little more influence to make that fight. If you're in position and you've decided I'm going to make this fight, the only, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick this fight rather The only thing I would say, and of course, easier said than done, I'm not having to do this, so it takes a lot of courage, but I would say if you do it, you go all in. Like you don't, you don't, uh, you don't be passive about it. You don't be shy about it. You, I would say you got to be as firm as possible, but maybe you even talk to other people about it first. Maybe you make a movement out of it. Maybe you get a whole bunch of people to go with you. If you show up with 10 coworkers instead of just you, probably matters a lot more. Mm -hmm. So... I, 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 if you've decided you go for it, I hope you do. And I hope you go for it all in. So good luck. And, uh, all right, let's hop back into, uh, callers. We left off with, uh, Red Falcor. Uh, contrary Christian and Chet, if you're still listening, hop, uh, hop in whenever you like. Malchus is up after that. Malchus, you're good to go if you're ready. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, uh, first off, I want to thank you for actually really being my sanity safe space uh, last summer. Uh, my wife gave birth to our first child. We Aww. were living in the country, and we had the we had the delivery in yet a third country. So family Whoa. came out when he was born, but then you know they had to go, and we had to stay there for two months to take care of the paperwork and make oh, sure gosh. that this was a legit. Uh, that, that we this wasn't like an illegal adoption or something. Mm. So every you know time difference. So every Monday morning, every Thursday morning, something you know, a couple of Americans, chill, casual, 
it was just it really did it really was our sanity safe space so well, thank glad, you for that we're glad to hear that and uh congrats on on your kid is everything good now to get through it oh yeah yeah we uh we came back to the u.s got evacuated because of the uh the woo flu so Whoa. we're here now he's fine wow so it's all good but uh no, what I wanted to call and talk to you about is I'm I am not a professional theologian, but I am an amateur theologian. Sure. So I know that Blonde is you know recently converted to Catholicism, and Matt, you're on your spiritual journey. So uh, first off, I remember Blonde said a couple of weeks ago talking about you know I don't know if all the sins are gonna land me in hell. Jesus's sacrifice is what gets you out of hell. You have I mean obviously you don't want to sin because Jesus is Lord, and there are consequences for sinning both uh temporal and eternal but it is his sacrifice that gets you into heaven not a lack of sinning i know but i'm hung up i'm i'm committing a grave sin every day by thinking that god can't i haven't done anything that bad you know but i'm really hard on myself and so um i i just every day i'm like there's no way god forgives me for all of this stuff and that in and of itself is a mortal sin that i commit on a daily basis and i just can't I just can't seem to overcome it. Okay. So how does one do that? How does one know that God forgives you? I've been to confession. I've confessed all the stuff. My priest knows way too much about me. Like just way too much stuff. Um, can't get over it. Don't know what it is. Really hung up. Really hung up on it. Well, uh, the, the thing I always try to think back on is there at the crucifixion, you had this guy on a cross and that's like a painful way to die. And yeah. he was like, why did I deserve this? And Jesus saved him. So if he can save that guy, I'm pretty sure that whatever you've done is not that bad. <laughs> well, it's not that bad objectively, but you know, you know, when you get into like your late twenties and early thirties and you're like looking back on, I don't know about you, but like your drug history or your history with alcohol, I just look back and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm so lucky nothing worse happened in my life. And in like just the stupid stuff, and like, how am I going to protect my daughter? I'm just viewing my life in it now that I'm mom, like, like in a different lens than I did before. And I'm pretty horrified, like pretty horrified. So, you know, but this is the nature of living in a fallen world, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. And yeah, I know that I'm, I'm 38. So I feel you there. Uh, but the for Matt, though, what I would say is, um, you know, you, you talk a lot about having underlying principles. And one thing that I would recommend then there is if you look in the book of Matthew and you read the Sermon on the Mount, this is where Jesus gets into, yeah, there are all these rules and these things that there are rules against, they are definitely bad. But that's not the point. The point is this underlying principle. The point is not don't kill somebody because killing people is bad. The point is don't kill somebody because they're made in the image of God. They are a unique individual and you shouldn't hate them. Yeah. Uh, It does a similar thing to the rules against adultery. And so I would encourage you to check that out. Yeah. Well, that is the great question. I mean, I have to operate under the premise that human life has inherent value and I do. And the question for me is what is the source of that principle? Where does that come from? And who put it in place or what put it in place? I don't have a great answer for that, but I hope that someday I find it. And, uh, and yeah, you're, you're, you're keying in on exactly the sort of answers that I'm looking for. Okay. Well, I, I 
hope I can help out. And I, I definitely, I, I hope to be able to call again and maybe, you know, talk about something a little deeper, but it just sounded like those were a couple of things that you two were uh, looking for. So I sure. thought I'd call in and share. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. And uh, congrats to your family again. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. I saw contrary Christian's mic light up. So if you can hear me, go for it, but uh, we'll keep moving along. Peter is up next. Pull Peter in. Peter, you there? You're good to go if you're ready. Yes. Um, well, I guess the first thing I'd want to ask you is, uh, on the 101st episode of your uh, Sunday podcast, you said, I bet if you ask Democratic nominee in 2020, are you capitalist, you'll get denial or heavily qualified to the point where it doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I had some you foresight. That's true. Thought... You think that's true for Biden? <laughs> Wait, what did he say? One more time. Okay, the quote is, I bet you ask the Democratic nominee in 2020, are you a capitalist? You get a denial or heavily qualified to the point where it doesn't matter. That was the 101st episode. So wow. this was, was, that had to be almost through, uh, like two and a half years ago, that was said? Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, so if, if you asked Biden point blank, are you a capitalist? That's the premise. Do you think you'd get a clean yes? I don't... Mm. Maybe. I won't say no. absolute no, but mm, I think it's unlikely. I would bet he'd, he would qualify. Okay. Do you agree then, or, uh, or do you, uh, you think, what do you think he would say? Oh, I just wanted, I just wanted to ask you, I don't, I don't, I don't think he would be reject capitalism, but if Bernie was definitely the nominee, I think he would be exactly like what you said. Yeah. Is what, what I'm thinking. And then, uh, hmm, how do I uh, phrase the second one? Um, Blonde, uh, what's your opinion on the uh, 14 words? <laughs> I mean, I think there's, there's um, nothing controversial about them, yet I am acutely aware that if you say them, it is, uh, it's straight-up career suicide. That's not true. I've said them on the show. Well, but you, nothing's going to get you your hit piece. I mean, yeah. you've dropped a hard end and bomb. You said true. the 14 words. You've said more stuff technically on this show than I have. Probably true. Yeah. You're never going to get yes. your hit piece unless the you do what, what needs to be done. Um, <laughs> but I, but I don't think there's anything controversial about it. It's, it's actually kind of baffling. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that video of faith Goldie going around asking people to say the 14 words, but like talk, but replace white people with Aboriginal people. And like, everybody says it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like this is only a controversy because we're talking about white people here, but I do think that um, the sentiments of the 14 words is uh, essential for all of us to understand and to internalize and really to live by. Defensively, that is so, Susan. I mean, <laughs> saying that is, is, no, is more, I mean, what, what is controversial? I about? get the point that you're making. Yeah. I, and uh, to me, it's, it's the point that Faith Goldie is illustrating, I think is especially important. If it is unacceptable to say in the context of white people, it has to be said unacceptable to say in the context of everybody. But I don't think anybody would ever say that. I, I don't necessarily know. Well, I, th that's. I, I would like a more values driven society, obviously. But I don't yeah. think that it's controversial for people to value their heritage and seek to perpetuate it. If that and it's and if that is controversial, then nobody can say it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the the main reason I did it is because uh, I've watched like all of your content basically for the Sundays and Colin shows, and over the course of watching that, I included like a few choice quotes like per episode and all that. Mm-hmm. And you guys have made the claim that uh, or that like uh, Matt said the fourteen words first, <laughs> but okay, I lost, but the first like hundred, I lost one page that like had the first hundred like Sunday show and Colin show uh-huh. um, quotes and all that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to go a little faster, but um, I lost that. And I'm pretty sure that blonde says it first, even though multiple times you say that. And the I've thing said that it blonde... on the show. Maybe, maybe yeah. it was a super chat. Twice. Or something. I can, yeah. I can actually bring it up right now. And... Oh, nope. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I won't, I won't, but I'm pretty sure that early on in those first, that you said something similar to that, except for you weren't as apologetic, and you answered exactly how you think you would. Was it uh, like, was it a Sunday question. stream or a Wednesday stream? It was definitely a call-in show. Oh, so. oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are. Spicier. I don't think I would say that on Sunday. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Wow, you must be like the uh, you you run the archives of this show or something. Uh, I wouldn't say that. That's your. Do you work? Your clip channel does that, but do you work for Jared Holt? I was just thinking, no. is this Jared Holt? <laughs> yes. Mm. I called him last week, too, just to tell you that, that I work for Jared is Holt. That, and... Is that faggot still at it? I don't know. I assume. I don't watch. Mm. We must secure a future for scarf children, too, okay? Like, uh, we have to be no, fair. we don't. Okay. That guy's shooting blanks. His balls are <laughs> tiny little prunes. You know it. You're like, a gla- you're like a drop of milk in a glass of water. <laughs> just swirling around. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was a great that moment. Best of the year, Gavin's maybe. finest moment, yeah. yeah. All right, I man. Watch it ten times. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no, I just like watching you guys. Well, thank you. <laughs> trying to trying to get us in trouble too, though. You know? Yes, I don't. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just a fan, and no. I like that you guys have. I I appreciate stayed consistent over the years, and I appreciate that you guys have like changed your minds on something because you guys have gone a long way, even if. Some people think you haven't. Well, I appreciate the the callbacks too, because it's like it's hard to even remember shit you said a year and a half ago. I mean, you could have yeah. told me that quote, I wouldn't have thought that I said it. I don't know. You don't remember the things you said that long ago. Yes. Well, you have a great night. You as well. Thank you, man. Let's see. Uh, stogies, stogies, and broomsticks. Stogies, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, first of all, I guess I want to tell you congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Oh well, thank you. It's uh, it's crunch time for sure, man. I'm sweating and I'm running all kinds of uh, errands and trying to get things done and all that. Yeah. Now wait till you're actually at the altar. You'll really be sweating. Oh, I just I think as soon as rings are on fingers and all and the paperwork is all signed and all that, I am going to relax in a way I probably haven't this entire year. I'm really looking forward to it. And then you guys can finally have sex. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) I just had a real quick political question for you guys to get your idea on it. Sure. Um, since we got age restrictions on running for offices, like 25 for the House, 35 for the Senate, yeah. what about an age restriction on maximum age to run for office? Do you think that would be appropriate? I would think that's at least as appropriate as 
minimum age. I can't really make an argument why one should be valid and the other not. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little nervous about either is I really do want to defend states' rights to have whomever represent them they select. That's the thing that makes me a little nervous about term limits as well. But yeah. but if they if you want to send a 25-year-old to Congress, have at it. If you want to send Joe Biden's grandpa to Congress, have at it. Even though I, you know, I'm yeah. but that's I think that works fine in a system where you actually go to D.C. to represent your state. Of course, that's not really what happens anymore. Now you go to D.C. to control everyone across the country. So Fair enough. maybe maybe we ought to start thinking about the, what you're describing there. What uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I, I think there should be both as well as term limits, but good luck getting it to go. Yeah. What do you think? Should we boot the elderly from Congress, Blonde? Fuck yeah, we should. What's uh, what's the limit? Age 70. 70? Yeah. Well, you have to retest uh, for your driver's license every year at 70, so why mm. not? I think I'm being generous, too. People start to get really annoying around 60, <laughs> whatever age my mom is. If you're collecting Social Security, then get the hell out. Is that, <laughs> get out. Is that the rule? No, 55 seems young to me now. Honestly, Isn't like... is it 65? Isn't it? I thought. It's 55, I think. No. Right? Isn't no, no. it? No. 65? Yeah. Because my, my parents are about to collect. They won't like me saying that, but. Uh. Um, no, I mean, now that my parents are getting older, like my dad's what, 68 or something. And that doesn't seem nearly as old as, as it seemed a long time ago. Like yeah. I, he still seems like a younger, vibrant man to me, just kind of limping there's, around. A and little there's bit. a lot of variability. I mean, there are people who like, well, there are a lot of people who are in their 70s who are with it and and totally fine. There are a lot of people in their 60s who uh, make Joe Biden look like uh, like look totally coherent. So I don't know, maybe do, 35 to 70. Should we have a hard age uh, cutoff or should we just say you have to be evaluated? Evaluated would be good, but if we're going to have a hard minimum age, we should have a hard maximum age. I can't argue with you there. I can't, I don't, I can't imagine making an argument for minimum, but not maximum. What, what would yeah. be the distinction? Yep. I don't know. If you shouldn't send children to Congress, why should you send uh, the elderly who are basically children? <laughs> I, I don't know. My thought on it. Yeah. Anything else before we let you go? No. Nope. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good night. Um, my baby's freaking out. I better go feed her. I probably should have done that. It's, let's take one more call and then, and then okay. we'll do that. Yeah, I can, uh, I can check in on the debate for a minute and catch up on Super Chat before we get to our last call segment. Let's see. Uh, this is a tough one to pronounce. I will go with Aetherborn. Aetherborn, you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Am I pronouncing yep. your name correctly? Aetherborn? Yes. Okay. Aetherborn. Aetherborn. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. What's um, what's on your mind? Uh, a few things. Um, been watching this debate, and uh, I'm I'm not. It's it's better than it has been. Better than the Trump and the Biden one because they're actually you know civilized. It seems at least hmm. as much as they can be. But um, that they're both ignoring the fact, especially the last part I watched was with uh, climate change, and ultimately you know it boils down to, you know fuel is cheap like gasoline yeah. is cheap to produce and you get a lot of energy out of it and any other alternative that we know of is much more expensive yeah. with regards to the amount of energy to put in versus what you get out um 
that's not something they're mentioning at all. And, uh, you know, if we want to continue with the population we have and even increase it, then that's something that definitely needs to be taken into consideration. Um, the other thing, of course, you know, is with regards to uh, climate change, there's pollution and things of that nature. But, you know, the, the biggest problem is not the United States. It doesn't matter how much we we do. Of course, we should be working towards it. But in the end, there are other countries that are doing far worse than we are. And, you know, those need to be addressed as well. So. Yeah. Does any, is anybody, anybody offering any spice tonight or is it just, is it mostly well-behaved? It's mostly well-behaved. Um, you know, they've uh, been talking over than, than what they've been given, but you know, they're both going doing that. So, hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, and Kamala's doing her standard, you know, I'm empathetic to you, vote for <laughs> me situation. So Yeah. Nobody's buying it. It's fucking annoying is what it is. Um, but, uh, um, have you had a chance to talk to Old World's ghost? No. What's going on? Uh, Oh, uh, he and I had a, had a discussion a few weeks back. I was just wondering if you got in contact with him. Um, no, but anyway, uh, well, he wants to get in contact with you. So take that as you will. Just send, send me an email anytime. Um, the other thing is, uh, did you hear that, uh, Tim, that you were mentioned on Tim's podcast or Tim cast and, uh, he said he'd like to have y'all on the show. Uh, did you say y'all? Yes, I did. I said y'all. Blonde I'm Southern. Two? Deal with it. No, no. I, I did he did he did he include blonde? Because I have shit. I've taken so many shits on the face of Tim Pool. That's true. I've just shit in his beanie over and over, and then just smashed it on his on his head. That's true. There's Fair just enough. no way that he's invited me on it. Now, um, it I'm was pretty sure he just said Matt. It was Matt. Blonde and sticks were what was mentioned, and uh, he said he'd like to have y'all on the the show. And uh, and Lauren Lauren Chen sung your praises, so take that oh. as you will. Well, that's very nice. I will have to uh, have a listen. Um, I do love Lauren Chen. Number one yes. Asian is whatever mix of Asian Lauren Chen. <laughs> the right ratio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that, uh, and and all, all the best to her, of course. I know her dad is sick, and she's been going through a lot a, a big ordeal really? with that. Yeah, her dad. Oh. Um, uh, well, I don't want to comment on what he has because I'm not 100% sure, but her dad has a serious illness and she has had that. a lot of difficulty in getting her dad treatment in Canada because of one being Canada and two, all the coronavirus stuff. So yeah. she's going through a whole ordeal to get her dad treated. She's talking about it on Twitter all the time. And of course, as she's talking about it on Twitter, the worst people in the world jump down her throat, <laughs> like rip her for X, Y, and Z and saying, oh, I bet you wish you had socialized medicine now, even though she's Canadian and she does. And that's kind of the problem, at least part of the problem. Anyway, um, yeah, all the best to her. And uh, hopefully, yeah, totally. hopefully her dad uh, comes out okay. <sighs> indeed, indeed. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, oh, well, you're welcome. And uh, I want to say I've been listening to y'all for years now. I forget exactly when I joined in, but it was probably shortly after the 2016 election. Oh, wow. uh, So that's most of the show. I mean, we started a few months before the 2016 election, the spring before. We were just kids then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm going to feed my baby. All right. Thank you, man. We'll see you guys soon. Have a good night. Y'all have a good night. Thanks. Um, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, while Blonde sits out for a minute, let's uh, let me check in on the debate, and then I'll catch up on Super Chat. Uh, after oh, click the right buttons. Come on, uh, let's see what's going on at the debate. 
and stood above the graves of our fallen heroes and said, what's in it for them? <laughs> We're going because with this course, lie, huh? You know, he only thinks about what's in it for him. Let's take what he said about John McCain, a great American hero. And, and, and Donald Trump says he doesn't deserve to be called a hero because he was a prisoner of war. All right, at least that hey, one happened. This is, this I do remember that one. very important. When you want to talk about who is the current commander-in-chief and what they care about and what they don't care about, public reporting that Russia had bounties on the heads of American also soldiers. Also never substantiated. And you know what a bounty is? It's somebody puts a price on your head and they will pay it if you are killed. And Donald Trump okay. had talked at least... Thank you for explaining the definition of bounty. Okay, I'll maybe I'll, I'll check back in just a minute, but I can't listen to Kamala Harris talk that long. Let me see what we got going on in the chat. Uh, let's see. Tori D says, uh, a new demand has been issued from Gavin Newsom's office to mask up while chewing food. Release the catapult of hate. I did see that. That is hilarious. If people didn't see the California governor's office on Twitter, put up not just a statement, but a graphic about how you're supposed to, when you go to eat at a restaurant, I assume, I assume this doesn't apply in your home, but you go to eat at a restaurant, outdoor only in a lot of places in California still, I think. You sit down at your table mask, of course. You pull down your mask, you take a bite of food, and then you put up your mask while chewing it. You put up your mask in between bites. I guess the idea here is to slow the spread by touching your diseased mask as much as possible, whatever nonsense that is. Absolute silliness. But again, the serious point I think we need to emphasize and understand here is just take note of how all of these restrictions and guidelines and suggestions, how all of this creeps in one direction. The premise the whole time is just give us a little bit more of your freedom so that you can get your freedom back in a month from now or a few months from now. But it hasn't gone that way in a lot of places. You haven't really traded uh, temporary restrictions now for a, rest, a restoration of your freedom later. Here we are six months plus and a lot of basic American freedom hasn't been restored. So you know, uh, it, it just goes to show that yesterday's reasonable restrictions suddenly creep into graphics about how you're supposed to put your mask up in between bites. And that's not even the full extent of the absurdity uh, that, they'll, that they'll go to. I guarantee there's more to come out of California. Uh, Paul Kent says, much appreciation on your principles, Matt. Well, thank you. It's rare. Uh, also, if you're done with mere Christianity, I think you'd very much appreciate the problem of pain. It gets deeper into those questions. I actually did not finish the audiobook of mere Christianity just yet. I, I got nearly done, and that's kind of when all this wedding stuff really heated up, so I haven't listened for a little while. Um, I appreciated that book, as I've mentioned, for reasons other than th what I got into it for. I went into it looking for that connection between natural law and natural rights and Jesus Christ specifically. And I don't feel like it made those connections to me, but it did explain a lot of other concepts uh, of morality that I thought were very useful. So I'm still searching for the original answer, but that doesn't mean that I didn't find value in the book in other ways, because I certainly did. In fact, um, Part of our uh, part of our wedding ceremony has a uh, a C.S. Lewis quote from Mere Christianity, so uh, it'll be part of my wedding ceremony itself, which is very cool. Austin Beers says Matt and I once held hands. Don't tell his girlfriend. Don't call her my girlfriend either. She'll be very mad. Uh, I made that mistake once. I made that mistake of in introducing her as my girlfriend post engagement, 
uh, I, I, you know, I got a, I got an earful for that. Thank you, Austin. Uh, I'm a psychopath. I was wondering, uh, or, sorry, I was always for term limits for the term limits issue, but now we have to take into account justice Democrats and their ilk doing their, doing their thing a la AOC and ousting moderate Democrats and replacing them with progressives. Not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how many more AOCs pop up in Congress this time around, or maybe not. Maybe they've learned their lesson. Long Dong John said a grand jury in Texas indicted Netflix on felony charges of promoting lewdness over cuties. Really? Uh, did they have, um, I'm surprised that like a, a, a jury in or a, the court system in Texas has jurisdiction. But I suppose if it's playing in Texas, that's all that matters. Anyway, I didn't hear that. I'll have to look at that story. That is quite a development. Uh, A dime short says small dose of Adderall on the day of Matt. Uh, I I don't know. Are you saying you need need some Adderall for uh, for a little boost or something? I don't know. But if so, have at it. Take it from uh, Joe Biden's supply. He needs it too. Josiah Lott says, uh, Mike is being shorted on time and still massacring her. It's not even close. Anyone who says this is even close is totally totally retarded or lying. I'm glad you have to censor retarded in the chat. Hilarious as always. Well, let me um, have a listen again in just a minute or so here. Uh, buddy, thank you for gifting subs over on DLive as well. Uh and Nick says, uh, I'm glad I'm able to work for myself. My boss won't make me take anti-racism training and I never worry about being canceled. Good to be unfuckwithable. <laughs> That's a great term. Now take my money and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Nick. That is much appreciated. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, that's the dream for everybody. You know, uh, if you can find a way to be your own boss and do something that you enjoy, you've, you've really found, uh, you found your ticket in life. So I'm glad to hear that you've got that. And of course, um, and, uh, I, without revealing too much, thank Nick has been helping us out with some tasks behind the scenes, uh, that he's working on that might improve the show. So thank you for offering your services, uh, in that regard too. Uh, Phil says qualifications for office should also exclude, uh, at the very least first generation immigrants, preferably multiple generations. You shouldn't get to waltz into this country and immediately set about destroying it because it doesn't match what you came from. Well, um, you could try to make an argument to the contrary and then there's Ilhan Omar staring you in your face, you know, Uh, there's, there's, there's some truth to what you're saying. And, uh, it's, I think it's the thing that just drives me nuts about her the most. And there are many factors you can pick, but to be rescued from the hell on earth that is Mogadishu, Somalia, and to come to this country and not just be able to live here and and live in peace and live in the prosperity that exists in this country after escaping such a place, but to make it into Congress and have a say in crafting the federal law of this country and still to shit on this country as a racist place, as a terrible place, as an oppressive place. Uh, I don't, what would we have to do to, for this woman to make her happy? I, it, it, um, it is a level of ingratitude that uh, you, don't, you don't commonly see. And I, I just, I do find it repulsive, frankly. All right, thank you, Phil. Uh, let's, uh, let's see, it's still Kamala talking. She doesn't shut the hell up. The coverage. It means that if you're under the age of 26... You can't stay on your parents' coverage anymore. And here's the thing. The contrast couldn't be more clear. 
They're trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Thank Joe you. Biden is saying, let's expand coverage. Let's give you a choice of a public Thank option you, or private coverage. More government. Let's bring down pain Always the answer. Let's Harris. lower Medicare eligibility to 60. Thank you, Senator. That's true Harris. leadership. You know, true leadership you is government control of everything. Uh, earlier, Vice President Pence said the president was committed to maintaining protections for people with pre-existing conditions. Um, and But you do have this court case that you are supporting, your administration supporting, that would strike down the Affordable Care Act. The, the president says, President Trump says that he's going to protect people with pre-existing conditions, but he has not explained how he would do that. And that was one of the toughest nuts to crack when they were passing the Affordable Care Act. So tell us specifically, how would your administration protect Americans with pre-existing conditions to have access to affordable insurance if the Affordable Care Act is struck down? Well, uh, thank you, Susan. But let me just say, addressing your very first question, I, I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to a president who stands without apology for the sanctity of human life. Hmm, I'm interesting angle here. I, I don't apologize for it. And this is another one of those cases where there's such a dramatic contrast. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support taxpayer funding of abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. Mm -hmm. Late-term abortion. They want to increase funding to Planned Parenthood of America. Now, for our part, I, I would never presume how Judge Amy Coney Barrett would rule on the Supreme Court of the United States. But um, we'll continue to stand strong for the right to life. Well, interesting angle there from Pence, uh, pivoting to the abortion angle on the protection of people with uh, pre-existing conditions. I, I think Mike Pence is, um, listen, I think he's a smart guy. I think he uh, is is skilled in what he does. And I, I think he's a good vice president, to be honest. But uh, the dude makes vanilla look exciting. I mean, my God, <laughs> this guy, Uh I suppose, but I suppose he's, that's why he's potentially a great contrast to Trump, too. I mean, if Trump has a vice for being on the opposite side of that spectrum of boisterousness and loudness and potentially obnoxiousness, Mike Pence is totally on the other side. Let's see. Um, I want to hear Kamala's response on this. Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to Pack the Supreme Court to oh, get Here we go. Way. Will she answer? I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864. Well, I'd like you to answer the question. No, she won't. Mr. Vice President, I'm Please. speaking. Please. I'm speaking. Okay. In 1864. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the video of her stupid ass grin. One of the political heroes, certainly of the president, I, I assume if you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was up for re election. And it was 27 days before the election. And a seat became open on the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge, not only of the White House, but the Senate. But okay. she's, not gonna, age, she's not going to answer the court packing question. All right, we'll, we'll move along. I'll, I'll get uh, some more callers in here. She's going to give us a history, a Civil War history lesson, which nobody asked for. Uh, Ratchet. Oh, uh, oh, man. Ratchet Republican, our, our celebrity caller now. Ratchet Republican. What's going on, man? Let him hang Hello? out a second. Yeah, what's on your mind, dude? Um, how are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Blonde is still out, but she might be back momentarily. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about, um, you know, thinking about Trump and how uh, the media has labeled him as divisive and chaotic. Yeah. Um, it remind 
it reminded me of another media hit job on another uh, political titan, um, uh, Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Um, yeah. It, uh, before Margaret Thatcher, Britain was basically a socialistic country. Uh, it was. Uh, it was the government ran almost everything. It ran how you where you lived, what you ate, literally ran everything, every aspect of your life, hmm. and. Margaret Thatcher was one of the uh, was the per- person who who brought Britain into the modern age by freeing um, freeing government uh, regulation and free market and it it's it even more than Reagan it it showed you the contrast and showed you the argument that conservatism works because you saw the difference between socialism and cons- and when conservatism took over and. The great thing about Margaret Thatcher was that she never used her identity as mm. a woman to to as a weapon. Yeah. She always used used her ideas. And that's why the feminists can't stand her. You never hear the feminists bring her name up. That's true. Yeah. Never bring her, I know almost they, nothing they about never, her, to be honest. I was never even taught about her, really. Yes, they never bring her name up and they never they, uh, they never talk about her in in a good light because because she, she was the first woman to run a first world country. Um, and oh, is that true? Is, yeah, she wasn't just the first in Britain, but she was the first of like any any developed country. Developed country, yes. Uh, but they never bring her name up because she uh, she never did the, the whining and the complaining that the Kamalas and the Michelle Obamas, sure. you know, as a black woman, you know, <laughs> yeah. used, to, to try and, you know, try and beat you into agreeing with them. And yeah. she, uh, she made you agree with them based on the idea and on the policy, not on the identity. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, I really like, I like Trump and I understand his style. He has a sp- specific style, but um, sometimes I wish you would just watch the speeches of, uh, of, of, of uh, Margaret Thatcher and, um, and, uh, probably take some tips from her because she was she was tough she was tough as nails because you know the the government hated her everybody hated her they called her all types of names just like he did damn it and this is my favorite over. caller how late am i oh uh, he's, ta- he's, he's <laughs> glad to have you back he's talking about uh how margaret thatcher was smeared or disrespected in ways that are similar to trump yes that's true she was she even now they are trying to they're trying to put a statue up in her hometown mm-hmm. and they had them they had they had literally uh not riots but uh protests against it uh, you know and this woman did so much for this country so much for this country what is the what Trump is the rationale doing... was she racist or something why why do they hate her uh, no because th- they say that she was mean this is no. the same arguments that they make it make it against conservatives yeah because what margaret thatcher had to do was that she had to make changes in society that were hard yeah. That were not politically, you know, not politically viable. She had to make those hard decisions. And, you know, unfortunately, there were people who were hurt by it. And those people screamed the loudest. They were the ones that screamed the loudest. Not the vast majority of people who were helped by her policies hmm. and put Britain back on the map. Britain was nowhere, it was called the sick man of Europe prior to her. And, um, I'd advise anybody who's who's a Republican look, watch her story, and watch watch her. You know, it's 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 really inspiring. Sure, it it sounds like you've learned a good amount about her. Is there any 
one particular source that you thought was is there a book or a documentary or anything where maybe you uh, learned just that? just put in Margaret Thatcher documentary on on YouTube sure and uh, and and you we will pull that up and um she had a speech one time that um that succinctly succinctly uh gave the republican uh, uh the conservative view and this is what it is it's, it says a man's right to work as he will to spend what he earns to own property to have the state its servant but not his master that hmm. is the essence of a free economy and on that freedom all our other freedoms depend yeah and i, I and I believe that that's the the foundation of conservatism is is uh, economic freedom. I like that phrasing and too. The state as servant, but not master. But not master. That is not his master. That is yes, very concisely because, put. Yeah, because Nancy Pelosi is our servant. She's not well, our master. Well, in theory, she's supposed to be. But, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, she works for us. Yeah. you know, people don't realize that. People don't realize that Gavin Newsom works for the works for the people of California. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And this is what people don't, this is what they don't realize. Their heads have gotten so big and government has gotten so vast that they have got drunk on power. Yeah, they so, think they're your boss. You know? They think that you're, they're, yeah, they think they run your life and that's their job. Yes. So, I mean, anybody who wants to make an argument that conservative principles don't work, I'd have, I'd have them look at the, the, the Margaret Thatcher story mm. uh, of pre-Margaret Thatcher and post-Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And that would, that would help with that argument. All right. Well, thank you, man. Always love to hear from you. Yes, yes. And uh, you have a good night. You as well. You too. Listened in a little bit on the debate and uh, Mike Pence challenged Kamala straight up on court packing and she refused to answer the question. She says, Ooh, it's my that turn. Makes it all worthwhile. It's my turn to talk, Mike. It's my turn. He's like, bitch, just answer the question. <laughs> just, instead, I have a history well, lesson about no Abe Lincoln for you. Abe Lincoln, who freed all the Jamaicans in the United States, all the Indian Jamaicans, as history will remind us. Okay, uh, we got time for a few more. Uh, that Y guy. Try that. Y guy, you're good to go if you're ready. After. Oh, hey guys. What's on your I, mind? I want to read this really quick. I just got a text message from an unnamed family member. Hmm. That said, it would be fitting if our first female president banged her way to the top, is childless, then got the job by hitching her wagon to a senile old asshole that she obviously hates. <laughs> well said. Well, well said. said. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I saw that she was on the cover of Elle magazine or whatever, and I thought, this is inaccurate. Her legs are closed. Her legs are crossed. Right? <laughs> How do you think she got to this place? They need to be spread wide open. Let's be honest uh... here. Anyway. Why guy there? What's on your mind, dude? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't expect to get on on the first time I tried to call in. Well, so lucky cool. you. Well, thanks for calling in. But now, yeah, now I have to follow Ratchet. You know, I, I don't have the cool accent to pull that off. That's a high bar. Yeah, he, uh, he is a, a new uh, celebrity caller. You're right, but you have an opportunity to overtake his stature. I'll do it again. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to call about uh, homeschooling. Sure. So I actually. I was homeschooled after seventh grade. Um, and I, looking back, I probably consider that the best decision that my parents made for me. You know? Yeah. And so I guess one thing that I was thinking about, because a lot of people do get the impression from people that were homeschooled of like, you know, they, they meet somebody that was homeschooled and they're always weird. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's exactly and, what I say. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, and I kind of wonder if it is it's a bias of sorts because first of all, there's so many percentage wise less people that get homeschooled, mm-hmm. and so the the likelihood that you're going to meet a weird one because there are plenty of people that go to private or public schools that are weirdos. Um, so I, I'm wondering if just the the odds of you meeting one are, are higher because of that, but also I'm wondering if it's a high risk, high reward you know, way of doing things that like, you know, because you're taking that responsibility on yourself as a person and as a parent that, you know, the likelihood of you screwing it up, you know, may be higher, but the, the payoff of, you know, having an an awesome kid later, um, you know, is more likely as well uh, if you do it well, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So just figure I'd throw that out. And your, your experience sounds a little, will you tell me, is that unusual? I don't know a lot of kids who went to, uh, public school, I assume, or private school, or wherever you went, um, up until junior high, and then went to, and then were homeschooled into high school. That's what you're saying, right? Yep. yep. So, do you know anyone else who's had that experience? I don't know that I've heard. Of, I've heard kids being homeschooled when they're young and then coming into high school and things like that, but that one yeah, I've not heard. I mean, it was decently common. Uh, at least you know it may. I may have just happened to have been around a few other people, but yeah, I mean the. There's a decent mix. You know, some people, they'll have their kids. A lot of times by the time they're in elementary school, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, there wasn't a lot that got to middle school. A lot of times they pulled them out of elementary yeah. school and then went forward. But um, mm. yeah, you know, I mean, there's, I guess, a lot of them out there, though. You know, um, it's uh, kind of an underground community. It's not a, you know, you don't yeah. meet them all the time. So you don't have a good, you know, representative sample of the homeschool community. You know? Sure. It's very interesting. It's it's on the rise across the country, obviously, in the current context uh, with lockdowns yeah. and masks and all this bullshit. But it's on the rise here. And I love the news coverage because I saw a local news story uh, the other day that said um, Gallatin County homeschooling is spiking due to fears of the virus. Yes, that's <laughs> that's why that's why everyone's pulling their kids out of the public school is fears of the virus. It's not your bullshit mask rules or your yeah. two a day virtual class, whatever. It's not your fear driven curriculum for children. It's it's the parents are afraid of little Johnny getting the Rona. That's <laughs> why. Unbelievable. Yeah, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for, you know, COVID, you know, it, it, homeschooling may not be the best for everybody, but, you know, at the very least parents taking more, you know, personal accountability and their role in actually educating their child, you know, so maybe COVID will do that for people. Yeah. You say, um, and you say it was the best decision your parents made. What, what do you think uh, was the, the biggest benefit to you? Why, why do you say it was the best decision? Well, I mean, I think looking at looking back at how I was developing in that time, I already was starting to value, I guess, what other people thought before thinking about things myself. And so they they taught me logic. They mm. taught me right. how to analyze things. They taught me the Socratic method. You know, so just actually being able to think for myself, they had me just read a lot. You know, that was the majority of my homeschooling was just reading books. You know, I know yeah. it's a novel concept, you know, in public schools, but, you know, reading books is actually, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the other side of it. Cause so you're saying it taught you to be an independent thinker who doesn't necessarily care what your peers thought of you or the way they pressure you. And that's interesting. Cause that's the other side of what my worry or skepticism of homeschooling is, which is I want some exposure to a little bit of challenge socially a little bit of peer pressure a little bit of awkward social situations to make to make my kid uh comfortable in in situations that are uh that give it that create anxiety like that 
Um, yeah. But but the way oh, you're yes. describing it is like you, there is a downside to that. You you can it can cultivate a sheep mentality, and you're yeah, saying I how to that avoid that. It's, it's a balance, like everything. It's it's almost like an ecosystem. You know, you're you're crafting, you're creating, you know, something in a sense where you're building the person that your child will eventually be. You're helping them build that person, yeah. and so if you put too much of one thing or the other thing in there, then it creates an unbalanced person. Hmm. All right. But you know, the homeschooling, you take that upon yourself as opposed to letting the state or, you know, somebody else do it for you. So, you know, anyways, you know, I'll let you go. There's one last thing that I wanted to leave with. I haven't heard from, from Dell in a while and it may just be me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think it's time to accept that Maud may have sat on him. (laughs) (laughs) Dell, if you're listening, Please, we have had we've had your welfare called into question. So, give us a, a sign of life from underneath Maud's gigantic ass, if you can. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, y'all have a good night, guys. It's true. It has been. It's probably been. Uh, what do you think? It might have been. Might be a couple months since we've a heard month? from Dell. Yeah, I think so. It has been a little while. Okay, uh, Abby. Man, I can't even pronounce this Normal. one. I'm just going with Abby. I think Abby maybe had to take off. Abby, if you're still listening, uh, I can grab you, but I'll need you in one of the waiting rooms. Damien is up after that. Damien, I always remember the Thomas Jefferson avatar. Hey, what's, can you hear me? Yeah, what's on your mind? Yep. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, actually, speaking of the uh, Thomas Jefferson avatar, which you often mention, Matt, uh, and then I mentioned once, I think he's the best founding father. But uh, I kind of came up with a weak explanation on the spot for why I believed that. So I was like, well, I should probably read a Jefferson biography to make sure he's really as awesome uh, as I thought he is. And he is. And uh, so in the spirit of uh, Kamala giving history lessons tonight, I thought um, perhaps I would give a little Jefferson history uh, lesson uh, tonight to our audience, if that's okay. Well, let me uh, let me Um, let me set the stage first. Let me prep you with a proper question. Are you in favor of packing the Supreme Court? (laughs) Go. (laughs) Well, let me answer that by giving you a little history lesson. Sure. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) uh, In particular, I'd like to read a quote from uh, Jefferson's uh, book that he wrote called uh, Notes on the State of Virginia in which he uh, pretty much called the BLM protests 200 years in advance. Um, mm. So he was writing about, he was writing about uh, that he thinks uh, slaves should event- eventually be emancipated. Um, and then he says when that's done, when the slaves are emancipated, they should then be colonized to such place as the circumstances of the time should render most proper, probably a uh, Caribbean island or Africa. Um, and then the reason that he says that the emancipated slaves should be colonized. And here's where Jefferson really calls BLM 200 years in advance. He says, deep-rooted prejudices prejudices entertained by the whites, 10,000 recollections by the blacks of the injuries they have sustained, new provocations, the real distinctions which nature has made, and many other circumstances will divide us into parties and produce convulsions which will probably never end but in the extermination of one or the other race. Holy so. shit, man. <laughs> yes. That is spooky <laughs> prophetic. And I hope, oh, that, yeah. I mean, I hope the end part doesn't come true, but you know. Yeah. It, it took a little while for, uh, for that to finally start playing out, but, um, his words ring uh, very true now. And, uh, I, I, <laughs> to give my, uh, you know, 
controversial take on it. I certainly think Jefferson was right that uh, we should have repatriated the slaves, the emancipated slaves to Africa or something like that. I think, um, you know, a caller asked a while ago, what was America's biggest mistake? And Blonde said the 1965 Immigration Act. I I think perhaps our failure to follow Jefferson's recommendation to um, repatriate the emancipated slaves could perhaps be a larger mistake than even that. I I think the 1965 Immigration Act and many of those other changes in the 60s and 70s were a result of our white guilt that we felt from slavery and Jim Crow. Yeah. And I think yeah. we wouldn't, I would think we wouldn't have felt that white guilt as keenly had, uh, <laughs> were the blacks no longer living among us and being, uh, oppressed by Jim Crow laws for, from, you know, like 1865 to 1965. So I, I really think certainly the 1965 immigration act was a big problem, but I think, uh, the roots of that go back to our guilt from slavery and Jim Crow. And I think we could have avoided a lot of that guilt by, kind of cleanly separating ourselves instead of continuing to live intermingled for those hundred years after emancipation. Oh, spicy. <laughs> Very spicy. I'm sure that's my time. So thanks. Uh, well, thank you, man. Thanks for that, letting me share the history uh, lessons. Yeah, that was quite the quote. It's uh, it's crazy when you hear something from history, especially history that long ago, and you're like, good Lord, he saw it centuries ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank well, you, man. Thanks. Have, have, a, good, have a good night. Uh, okay. Swift is up next. I have to, I have to call last call here just cause I know we have a decent chunk of uh, email questions. So we'll give Swift last word. Swift, you there? Hey, you there? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Sorry. I had to switch my headset. I was like, he came on just as the other caller came off. I was like, what? <laughs> what's on, what's two, on your mind? So, so two things that I wanted to bounce off of you and Blonde. Uh, the first is, since we're on kind of the whole court packing thing, if Trump gets in office, should Republicans go ahead and preemptively pack the court? <laughs> oh, we had this question. Did you um, also email us? Because we had this as an email question. I did not. Oh. Ah, okay. Well, double duty then. We don't need to answer this. I mean, okay. I was thinking about this and it would reflect badly on him to preempt them i think you you've now to the extent that they're challenging on this they're going after trump went after biden pence just went after kamala you it would be wildly hypocritical but to the question you're saying if if the objective is to preserve the constitution just will every scalia please step up and we're gonna put you on the court till there's a hundred right um yeah well, I, I suppose this also requires us to have the Congress in the aftermath of this election yeah, as well. Obviously. But um, it seems like if the liberals or really the hard lefts are threatening this as a strategy, they're going to use it at some and point. And I was going to say, you probably have to have a filibuster proof majority in the Senate too. But how about this? You maintain, you keep the Senate, you gain the House, and you maintain the presidency. How about you do away? <laughs> you, yeah. you preemptively eliminate the filibuster to preemptively pack the court um no i mean no on principle i would not be in favor of these things though but the thing what i what bugs me is packing the court is not a necessary strategy or even valuable in any way if you're putting people on there who understand the role of a judge understand that job and understand the constitution of this country it's only valuable if you conceptualize the supreme court as a super legislature which it shouldn't be 
Yeah. So, so I guess I just don't Good like point. it because it submits. It operates in that sphere. It operates under that premise. And I don't like that premise, even though it's, I suppose sometimes you got to operate in the world that you live in, not the one you want. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that either. It just seems like, OK, so if we know there's a strategy that the authoritarian left is going to utilize, given the opportunity, why not preempt them on it? Why don't but, we um, yeah, why don't we burn weird. down their Portland's before they do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. You know? No, actually, that's 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 a fair point. So the other one I want to bounce off of you. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Carter and Kerry at Unsafe Space, but one of the hmm. notions they were kicking around in one of their uh, discussions. I forget if one of their people brought it up or it was original to one of the two hosts. But it's the idea that to reform voting so that. Anyone who is a net recipient of government dollars is not allowed to vote to include elected officials, recip net recipients of welfare, tax benefits, and military personnel that are on essentially a government salary. Interesting. Military personnel makes me hesitate a little bit because that. that I'm is... one, too. I mean, I am a service member, yeah. but if the trade off was that that might that two percent of the population that ever serves in uniform. You're talking that about well time, active. We didn't get a vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that, for that period of time, that's a set. We already sacrificed a lot. Fine. I'll sacrifice my vote if that means politicians don't get to vote to increase their salaries. People on welfare that are happy to see men and women in uniform go into harm's way to protect them. They don't get a vote into any of the policy that's going to drive the policymakers to send us to those places. I'd kind of be okay with that. Hmm. But then that's, you know, a sample of one. I just, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I just hesitate to frame that in the same. I, I, let's put it this way: I don't view that as net taking in the same way you might be a net taker if you're on welfare, for example. You've made a sacrifice for this country, being compensated for it. It's a yeah. job, you know. But uh, but I, I I understand where you're coming from, and in in general, uh, we have to think about how to minimize the reality that we have that democracy or our democratic traditions in our country our democratic institutions have been mechanisms to take and they continue to be mechanisms to take. I haven't listened to the debate in full, but I guarantee Kamala has lots of creative ideas about how to take. I guarantee that's what I'm going to hear. Oh yeah. So we, and you can justify an awful lot with safety or morality to feel good. But at the end of the day, someone is sending someone with a gun to point it at somebody else to take their crap right. and put it in their pocket. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I'm 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 very open to thinking about how to uh, thinking about how we how we want to, how we want to structure who votes and who doesn't and all that sort of stuff. Um, we'll start with repealing the nineteenth, of course. Should I come out in favor <laughs> of that tonight? <laughs> it's time. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, well, hey, thanks, you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a good all night. Right, later. All right, we Did will. Yes, the debate just ended. Otherwise, I would uh, tune in a little bit, but they're shaking. Well, I guess they didn't shake hands, but people are clapping and ooh, controversy. Pence and his wife don't have a mask on, but uh, Kamala Harris's husband. Oh, that's also also controversial. Don't forget, Kamala Harris has a white husband, right? That she can't mm -hmm. be that black. Uh, he's wearing, oh yeah, that's controversial for black people. Yeah, he's wearing a mask. He's the only one wearing a mask. Is Kamala's husband? Mike Pence and his wife are not. What a dweeb. <laughs> Anyway, okay, well, that, we're not going to check in on Jake Tapper breaking down the debate. I don't give a shit about that. Let's, uh, 
Let's move into um, email questions. Of course, if you want to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live, we take these email questions. Email address is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Put call into a question in the subject line, and we'll respond to them in the last half hour each and every week. Starting with uh, tonight, Ty, Ty, you say this one, Tyska Lua? Yep. Okay. Mm. Tyska Lua says, if the Democrat KKK Communist Party can threaten to pack... Oh, this is the same question, right? Can threaten to pack the Supreme Court by appointing more than one replacement justice. Could not Trump merely nominate, say, five more judges now, and then the Senate could make a 13-member court instead? Well, it's defined by statute. So Trump can't yeah. just decide how many... He can't just decide to do it, yeah. But, but Congress could change that at any time. Congress can pass a law to decide how many justices if they pass a law tomorrow that says it's now a 13 member court then the president could appoint four more so yeah it's uh should he do that no probably not i i would not be in favor of that um on principle that said if four scalia clones so up show up on the supreme court i'll be like all right I'll do the uh, do the <laughs> pistol brace case we were talking about earlier do that first yeah really take on the atf first please um, I was going to ask going you, I insane. forgot, would you get tested for coronavirus if you were in my situation? Uh, tested? Yeah, I probably would. But what's the mm-hmm. fear? Why were you advised not to? I just, my brother was like, listen, do you want to be in some government database as being positive coronavirus, <laughs> especially if Emmeline's negative? I'm, I am fairly certain that I have it. Rolling symptoms or what? Yeah, and it's uh, taken forever to kick off and fever and cough and respiratory problems. And I'm just mostly I'm just dead. This, tired. Uh, like, this is the same thing you had last week, right? So this has been lingering or coming kind of uh, symptoms coming in and going. I was for like, a week. I'm on the mend. And then yesterday I couldn't get out of bed. Hmm. Um, and my husband has a really gunky cough. But I'm thinking I shouldn't get tested because why? Uh, well, I I get like, would it change your behavior? Would it, would it, would it have an impact on your life if you knew? No. And because I'm breastfeeding, I can't take hydroxychloroquine. I mean, in, uh, so there's nothing really I can do either. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Regardless of what you have, they're just going to tell you, go home, hydrate and sleep. Yeah. You're not going to get any special medical knowledge from just having a, a case of whatever it is. I don't want to be on some kind of, on the other hand, if I have immune status, then I might be able to avoid some kind of mandatory vaccine. Maybe. And there, uh-huh. there are privacy laws that prevent your individual information from being seen by anybody. But that's a question of how much you trust the implementation of those privacy laws to your case. Uh, mm. Yeah, I probably I am. I probably somebody would. said blonde is a famous hypochondriac. Don't humor her. I am a hypochondriac. That is true. However... I'm not very worried about coronavirus and I am actually pretty sure that, that all like my whole family is pretty sure that we, that we I would go it. just cause I'm curious. Like I, I, honestly, like I've said, I'm, I think it's more likely than not. We both had it last February, my fiance. Yeah. And, um, and I, I would like to know just out of curiosity, but I've never gotten antibodies test. Mm. So I don't know. It's probably not worth it for either of us to even know. It would be kind of fun to know because it's like, yeah, I survived the Rona <laughs> just to be able to say. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ooh, this is from Chris. Yeah. 
I keep hearing that New York, California, Portland, and other areas are a lost cause. Why bother trying to win them back? Ultimately, what keeps Idaho or Wyoming from being the next set of states that nobody wants? And where do we draw the line in the sand? Texas isn't as red as you think. I don't want to be standing in Arkansas without you all saying maybe we should have done something sooner. Hmm. That really is the question, right? I mean, the line in the sand for me is that I'm too tired to move again. Also, I don't want to get moved any further inland because of the weather situation. So it's Idaho or bust here. Yeah. And there's something to be said. How how long will you flee? Because I do think that, you know, I I think that's a great solution to have as a last resort is if things get shitty around you, you leave. You vote with your feet and you leave. However, if they follow you to every place that you go and ruin it. At what what point do you stop doing that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that I have a firm line in the sand to borrow. I the mean, phrase, your line but, in the sand is Mo- is Montana, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I think about leaving here every week. We talk about places. But we talk the, about maybe going to South to? Dakota or going to Wyoming. Not immediately, yeah. but like in the general future. That said, I haven't. I've been where I live for eight years now. So the idea of is that me- it? Um, yeah, I got back from California in 2012, and I've lived in this. Where did you grow up? Uh, my early childhood was in Minnesota and then my parents moved us out here and then I went to junior high and high school out here. Oh, so your Dutch grandma lived in Minnesota, uh, Danish. Both my grandmas lived in, uh, in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So the only, the only family that was here was my mom and my dad and my brother and me. That's it. I don't have any extended family here. So, so yeah, and I've been in this and I mean, in this spot specifically for eight years now. So the idea of moving to me right now is not, that's not that bad because I haven't done it for yeah. a long time. I, I, yeah, I don't have, yeah. I'm not weary of it. So you don't have that battered soul situation no. from living in all of America's worst cities like I do. No, but if I had to do it all the time, yeah, it'd get old quick. Uh, Truculent Phillips. Do you think that the lack of more visibility or do you think the lack of more visible action from citizens to push back against Black Lives Matter, Antifa and far left politicians who are insulting or sorry, who are instituting arguably unconstitutional policies is more from a disinclination to stand up against tyranny? Or do you think it is more that people are trying to bide their time until the election is over as not to push voters away from Trump? Uh, I think it's. I don't know if it's either. I think that people just fundamentally don't. They just don't want to invite that sort of conflict into their lives. And I can't really blame them. You know, if you're a person just trying to make an honest living and God, I can at this point in time, it's like, if you're not going to stand up against this, what do you even stand for? Your life is pointless. (laughs) Well, when you have kids to take care of, you have a family at home, you have things that are more important than the political stance itself necessarily. And you see what happens yeah. to people like politics the is downstream from culture though. Yeah. You don't have to go outside brandishing a gun unless people come to you. But like as a society, we need to be less afraid here of cancel culture. It's time. Oh, when you're it's just talking time. about like, yeah, if you're talking about cancel culture stuff, I would like to see more backbone on a lot of that stuff for sure. If you're talking mm-hmm. about what do you do if there's a mob outside your house, should you confront them with guns? I mean, I kind of get a little bit of hesitation on that. I, I, I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I hope that what you're saying is correct. I would hope to say that I, I hope people are sitting quietly now with the expectation of voting accordingly to punish these people. And if if that is what you're doing, great. And if it doesn't work out the way that you're hoping, uh, yeah, we're going to need a lot of courage post-November if this thing goes the wrong way. Because if you think these people will get in power and say, okay, now we're going to rule but benevolently, 
Uh, good luck. They're going to, the, the, it's going to be an iron fist on every aspect of your life. It's going to be terrible. This is from Absolute. Don't you owe it to those who fought for America 1.0 to do absolutely everything to rectify it before entertaining still unrealistic ideas of 2.0? Um, not if America 1.0 was truly fallible. And I mean, I don't even know if I want to say this, but but what wars were truly justified? Like, let's talk about that. I think the Revolutionary War was justified. Fine. Um, the Civil War. You have to. No. You have to abolish right. slavery. Slavery is a is objective that, that, moral wrong. Yeah, fine, but that didn't need to happen. Still, how many um, people died in the Civil War? It was it was largely unnecessary, and it, it wiped out a whole generation of young men. I think abolishing they didn't want to the, kill each other. I think I think just the idea of abolishing the institution is justified. Maybe it was not fine. perfectly handled, but I think that that's justified. That wasn't um, all the war was about. Well, see, I mean, states' rights generally, but mm-hmm. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that you can allow that institution to exist any more than you could allow murder or any other objective uh, wrong to exist. I mean, so let's say that you're talking about the revolutionary war. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's America. That's, that's an America that I would, I would want to defend, but like things started going South. Jeez. Long before 1965, we're being honest. Well, and then after Suffrage that, was 1920. What about the Indian Wars post Civil War? Don't you want mm. to round up those Indians and put them on the reservation? No, uh, not really. <laughs> okay, then you had uh, there was some stuff, the Spanish American stuff, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know okay, enough fine. about that to comment, to be honest. Um, World War One, I, I know, also am woefully uninformed about. Uh, I'm probably out on World War One, and I'm probably out on World War Two. Well, World War Two, we were attacked. I mean, the, yeah. you, I think you, I think you have to separate. You can separate too the theaters of World War Two. There's also, yeah. you know, there's questions of to what degree this debate. To what degree should we have intervened in Europe? In the case of the Pacific Theater, we were attacked. I would say responding to that attack is is justified at bare minimum. Um, you could go all the way up to the dropping of the bomb. Was that justified? Uh, there's uh, a debate. Ugh. Okay, I mean, don't you owe it to those who fought for America 1.0? It depends on what America 1.0 is. Uh, Because I'm coming around to the notion that maybe we were fundamentally flawed from the get-go if our culture has been allowed to be so terribly bastardized. I mean, a strong culture, like a fundamentally strong culture with constitutionally protected values, like truly protected, this shit would not have been able to happen, especially with the demographic demise. So is it that we screwed up like really badly or is that that we had a situation where we just couldn't protect what was built because it just wasn't strong enough from the beginning? If that's uh, the case, then we're not really doing anything about America 1.0. We, it, we, we can resurrect a new America. Yeah, I mean, I will true. still maintain that I think it's been more our betrayal of the founding values than the, the faults of the founding values. And the founding values, they were... Those are pieces of paper written by men, like, like yeah. many other things. They're not perfect, but I, I think that the flaws we have today are because we've we've uh, lost our way uh, away from that that sort of thinking, instead of that thinking leading us to a bad place. I know. I feel like I talk about the immigration act of 1965 too much, but it was clear that we that we had lost our way long before then hmm. i mean suffrage allying with uh with soviet russia so the soviet union bunch of fucking commies what were we <laughs> thinking 
What were we thinking? Um, clearly, we had lost our way long before that, but I think that that really was the the nail in the coffin mm. for the United States of America. Um, Ryan it's from Ryan. Yeah, Ryan says, "How do you guys see a national divorce going? Do you see states seceding and then people who disagree moving, or do you see the whole authority structure collapsing and people just self ruling themselves in their own towns?" Uh, yeah, I mean, as I think that's the best solution and amicable separation. And I would like to see like uh, new America or like America, but we're serious about the constitution this time. And you can, you guys can have commie land over there. But as we've talked about many times and even prior tonight, the flaw in that is thinking that these people will leave you alone. They never will. They never will. Yeah, they never will. So I don't, I don't see a solution to this until the leftist mobs are stopped. And I mean, stopped with force seriously defensively susan i'm not saying you should go attack anybody ever i but when we have roaming mobs attacking people's property and threatening their lives or even killing them in in isolated instances uh that needs to be met with overwhelming force in response to stop it and to make anybody who tries it again think very hard about whether they want to do that uh yeah i definitely see people just uh being autonomous in their own towns to the best of their own ability. Hmm. But I live in a town like that, that is literally defended by a local arsenal and hmm. militia. So uh, this is Halston. What do you think about the idea of abandoning the concepts of time zones and the Gregorian calendar for a switch to universal coordinated time and a more uniform calendar system, such as the Hanky Henry calendar? I don't know anything about the latter. Ooh, would this work? Abandoning the concept of time zones. I don't know what you'd replace it with. I, I don't I I guess I just don't understand what the concept is of just universal oh, time. everyone. So there's no zone. It's just here's the time and morning 7 a.m. in the U.S. could be effectively midnight. Midnight. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 I what benefit uh, does it bring? I mean, I'm not saying that that wouldn't work. You could you could do that. But what what's the benefit of such a thing? I guess so you don't have to sit there and do like if you're talking to someone across the world, you don't have to do the whole time zone. Calculation. Which is really annoying, but not as annoying as it being 7 a.m. at midnight. But that's it's really just the label that we apply to it. You know, it's not it, it would change. I don't yeah. feel like I want to get used to that, though. At first, I thought this was a question about um about daylight savings if it's just if like, it, oh yeah uh, <laughs> if it's just the convenience of not having to do time zone math anymore um no i'm out i need more than that because because the system is so ingrained in my mind that to relearn everything would just i just i'm not down for that for such a minimal benefit somebody said china operates on one time is that true there's one time zone in china there's one everything in china and it's mandatory <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is from Red. If you watch the video of the BLM member, member who's ex-military get in the shootout with the cops from a few years ago, do you think maybe you and Blonde might be underestimating the danger of some of these groups, either with legitimate firefight skills and training or, God forbid, terrorist-style tactics that they will almost certainly use if shit hits the fan? Um, I have no doubt that some of them are uh, well-trained. What I do know is that the military in the United States is about 80% conservative, 70 to 80% conservative, some, somewhere therein. Uh, they're the best trained people. And then conservative men have been largely uh, training in firearm usage over the, you know, over the course of their lives. It's really hard to get up to speed on that. 
in a hurry, you know? And I'm not seeing a lot of people that are, are like that, like default to leftist positions. So I think that the, the right has the jump, at least on the left. Yeah, there are some. Uh, and of course, you've seen the uh, NFAC coalition, the not fucking around coalition. They just marched in Louisiana over the weekend. Aren't uh, like, they the ones we saw that video where they just hand some chick a gun and they were like, and there was an accidental discharge. Yes, and there was another like, one somebody's this last weekend. There was another. Yeah, one. I, I don't. If the not fucking around club or whatever <laughs> is the best they can do, I mean, I am worried about some of these guerrilla style and terrorist style well, tactics. Anyone with a firearm is, uh, you know, they can do some serious damage. Obviously, you don't have to be super skilled to really fuck shit up. So, yeah, I would, I would take them seriously, but I think everybody does to the point you're making on training. Why are people doing that? Because if anybody remotely competent comes to threaten me, yeah, I want to be able to uh, counter with a superior skill set and superior force. Right. Yeah. Uh, Henry says, I commonly hear people ask supporters of certain politicians about what their preferred politician has done for them. Do you think that we should try to reframe this discussion since it is not the primary job of elected officials to do things for people, but to provide leadership and protect the Constitution? What do you think would be the most effective way of reframing this discussion? I like the way you're thinking. How would you frame? How would you ask that question in a way that conveys the idea that you're talking about? You could just say, Um, what is what is your favorite thing that this politician has done? It doesn't have to be for you. Maybe it's well, the f- is the problem in the asking of the question or is it in the pre-existing belief that the government should do stuff for you, which I believe is largely because of people's attitude and their dependence on the welfare state? Yeah. So like maybe the answer here is reduce broadly reliance on the welfare state and people will just adjust their attitudes. This question will cease to exist because, you know. Uh, the government's not supposed to 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 do stuff for you. Yeah, this, you're saying this question is a symptom rather than a, a cause. Basically, yeah. people have this attitude pre-programmed into them, and exactly, they wouldn't yeah. if we minimize government to its proper role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, this is a more wait, right? Yeah. Um, since normies rely on traditional medium and the debate last night did not help Trump among that demographic, what do you think about average people banding together to set up a website? Addressing issues which average folk need to be aware of. What are your options to make average people aware of issues? I mean, what we do is the best way that either of us could think to inspire the average people to um, be interested in in the important issues. Uh, More of this. I would I would say, what do you think about average people banding together to set up a website? Well, that's the great thing about the Internet in general. It's just the. The removal of gates, there are, there are fewer gatekeepers, information control is much more decentralized. So whether you're doing a stupid stream or whether you're building a website that's written word, whatever you're doing, if you have an itch, if you think there's that you've got an idea of making a product that you don't think is out there in the way that you'd like to see it, it's never been easier. And of course, I would encourage anybody to do that. Um, you know, you, you never yeah. know what you can build until you try, until you commit yourself to it. So if if there's something, whether it's it's this particular idea of inspiring, um, you know, normies to to think about important issues or or whatever it is that you're you're thinking about doing, yeah, take a stab, man, go for it. Yep. Build whatever you think is build whatever you. All I will say about this um, topic, whether you're making a YouTube channel or anything else, don't try to copy someone else. You know, it's one thing to take influence from people or build on things other people are doing. 
you really, if you're trying to get into something like this, it's because you, you think something's missing. You think mm -hmm. people should do, I, I wish people would do something this way. This is how I would do it. And they're not doing it that way. That's what you want. You don't want to just be like, well, someone had a great idea and I'm going to rip it off. Don't do that. Yeah. But it sounds like you got an original idea. So go for it. This is from Caleb. Um, how's the religious quest going? Something to remember about Christianity is that it is more than just a good system of objective morals based on natural law. It's an indictment that humanity is inherently incapable of following those morals. And as a result, we all deserve <laughs> cancel culture from God. Uh, he also said something that was more illuminating after that, but I, I cut it off for brevity's sake. Um, how's the religious quest going? I don't know. I talk about it sometimes. Um, I rarely read my Bible. I find it so overwhelming. I'll read like three pages and be like, I don't understand anything. And I'll just put it down. Although I did just start in Genesis. I just, I'm like, I'm just going to read this cover to cover and it's going very badly. Hmm. I have not been to church since December um, because they're still practicing social distancing and other reasons. Um, basically my, my journey to Catholicism is ground to a screeching halt because of my own hangups. And I just can't get through the Bible on my own. Like I need help. I, I, I straight up, I need help. Mm. Um, a lot of people have sent me books. I'm going to try to work through some of these books and, and see, but I, I'm truthfully, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I like what he's saying about, I like the phrasing here. It's an indictment that humanity is inherently incapable of following these morals. Yeah. One, another thing I admire about religious teaching and about religious people is there's typically a humility and, yeah. uh, it's a humility that, um, that, that, and lack in people who are the center of their own universe. And, uh, and that's not something that, that I want to emulate. So uh, that's another thing about religious worldviews that I find uh, attractive, something that, that might uh, bring me in more into the future. When you believe in something greater than yourself and you see the flaws inherent to yourself, but you still strive to improve upon them, that's a very healthy thing for a person as opposed to being... <laughs> told that you're perfect the way you are and there's nothing you could possibly improve on well that ensures stagnation that ensures you never grow it ensures you never become better so that theme i think is really valuable and, this uh, is from am yeah. oh i didn't mean to interrupt you no I'm go sorry. for it i'm done yeah um is anyone else thinking the dems or agents released a concentrated dose of COVID against trump <laughs> and his cabinet that's a too deep cut even for me the, well where are the democrats getting infected where are yeah. they mm. i haven't seen a lot of them uh, listen, I'll believe any tinfoil at this point. I, I, I'm so primed to be duped by anybody and everybody's conspiracy theories, especially yeah. now that QAnon's getting banned on Facebook. Sign oh, me up. Where do I sign up for QAnon? How do I, how do I, how do I get involved? It's like, it must be cool. If the Zuck has said, you can't read about it. It must be cool. I want in, I want to check it out. Uh, this is from a fan. Um, well, I've liked a lot of things Trump has been doing lately. One thing that continues to bother me is his con constant pandering to non-whites, especially blacks and mestizos. For instance, he recently announced his platinum plan to have the black community get 500 million more per year. And he also declared there to be Hispanic Heritage Month. While he does all of this for them at the debate, he wouldn't even explicitly say that critical race theory is anti-white. Do you think he does more damage than the left in this way, since he's basically tricking conservatives into supporting reparations all the while not standing up for his 90% plus white base. I mean, I think there's a good argument to be made. I understand why he doesn't do it because he's a populist and he simply cannot, he's got a fragile ego. He can't tolerate being disliked. Um, and the left would just eviscerate him for any hint of white nationalism. 
so I get why he does it. Uh, but it does piss me off. I, I, I don't I don't like it. And then this pandering is really annoying. But just like the left, he's trying to secure a voting block. I think I think this if I was going to guess, I think a lot of this is political strategy as opposed to, well, Trump's not a principled guy, obviously. He, he just that's not him. A lot of this, I think, is political strategy, and it's not political strategy I especially like. I mean, it is interesting to hear things like in the last debate talking about why critical race theory is bad and why he's trying to uh, eradicate it from federal offices and then turn around and do the sort of things that the emailer is talking about, say like, well, I've I've done a great job on black unemployment or Hispanic unemployment. Well, I mean, we, we are sort of playing the demographic game here that aren't like, why, sh- why yeah. am I supposed to? to care about black un- unemployment rates versus American unemployment rates necessarily. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, if, if we don't want to highlight all these racial themes, then why are we highlighting racial themes? I suppose would be the, would be the question. But the answer is because he wants to break the narrative that Democrats spin that, that any good and reasonable black person votes Democrat. You, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black Joe Biden. That's why. Um, so, I, I can understand it. It it doesn't, I guess it doesn't enrage me. I can understand where it's coming from, but if you're starting an argument from square one, from, from, uh, from fresh, from scratch, that's probably not the one that you make. Uh, this is from Grant. Yeah. Matt, he says, Matt, did you watch the uh, Montana Senate debate? If so, can you give some commentary on the debate? If not, can you comment on the race more generally? I, I uh, listened to the first one. There was another one, I think on Monday, the most, there were, or very recently. I haven't listened to the most recent one yet, but I probably will. So I can't comment on the, on the first one um, or on the second one. I mean, the first one was, uh, it was, it was Mike Pence levels of boring. It was, it was very, very boring and uh so but but that's that's fine they're they're two pretty boring people to be honest it's our governor steve bullock who you'll remember for from running for president for five seconds but not being able to say what he's done and steve danes (laughs) steve danes is an incumbent republican who's been in the senate for uh, since 2014 he lives here in bozeman i've seen him around town i've met him a few times he doesn't actually know who i am but at one point i was at um I was at a fundraiser for uh, some veteran stuff down at Montana state. And he came up and talked to our fiance, uh, my fiance and me. And he thought we were students actually, which I took as a compliment. Like, Oh, what are you guys studying? I'm like, no, we're thank not, you. <laughs> we're not. This was like a year, a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, so I, I like Steve Danes as a person. He's a nice guy. Um, and uh, obviously I hope he retains the seat, but this is what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's totally possible that Steve Bullock steals that seat. Our, our idiot governor mask mandate, Steve Bullock. Now I support assault weapons bans because I'm running for president, Steve Bullock. I never talked about that when I was running in Montana. That guy, he, the, it's, a, it's a neck and neck race. He could easily win. And then the state of Montana has not one but two Chuck Schumer lackeys in the Senate. Can you believe that? We'll send John Tester and Steve Bullock to the Senate to go vote to steal our shit. Yeah. From Montana. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But we're... On the other side of it, high likelihood we get Congressman Body Slam as our governor. He's almost certainly <laughs> going to win. So we'll have Governor Body Slam at least to protect us. Um, my husband just texted me about the baby. He's having a rough time with the baby. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do this question. Then there's a gun question for you. Okay. Uh, let me let's do this Ryan and then this Rick Moranis <laughs> question, which you did sh- say That's on the show true. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan. <laughs> Glad blonde is feeling better, sort of. Best wishes to the whole family. My question is, what is the best way to get over heartbreak, in Oof. your opinion? 
my girlfriend dumped me at the beginning of summer. And now anytime I see her, which is mainly on social media, I get kind of sick feeling, realizing that she's moved on, but I'm still stuck on her. Oh, everybody yeah. knows that feeling. I remember I went through a terrible breakup when I was like 25 and I just got on a bus in Los Angeles and like was crying, listening to Fleetwood Mac and I on a bus to nowhere. I just wrote it for like two hours, just like wow. into the middle of LA. And then I had to find my way back. Um, and I just sat there and cried the whole time. I, I just felt like I'm never going to get over this and you will. I promise you will. And then you'll look back once you meet somebody new in a few years and um, it'll just be like a blip on the radar and you'll be like, wow, I'm happy. I wasn't that. I didn't marry that person. It would have been a disaster. I can uh, confirm that that is a hundred percent true. Cause that is the state of my life right now. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. And me too. God. Yeah. I, you will find somebody better. I've been in that spot. And uh, as, as I talk about, you know, prior, my, my great flaw as a younger man in this realm was, was putting women on the pedestal and not not confronting when things were over and not working on a better version of myself in response so yeah here's what you do first of all you don't you don't want to see her on social media at all okay eliminate any and all exposure to this person i know it's rough yeah. but just you know you won't it mentally move on if you don't so yeah. minimize that unfollow mute whatever i'm not saying you delete people as friends but just minimize your viewership of them don't don't make them a part of your daily life or weekly life or any of that next i know there's a lot of negative energy and a lot of um woe is me maybe a lot of uh self-pity uh channel that energy into building a better version of yourself however you yep. do it maybe uh, whatever it is ideally it's like listen i'm going to build uh, a better version of myself to attract the person that's right for me Maybe you think I'm going to build a better version of myself to make her jealous. Whatever it is, concentrate on yourself. Yep. Build the yeah. best version of yourself. And when you do that, other better people will naturally be attracted to you and come into That's your life. That's how it goes. And then you'll find somebody better. Also, watch the movie 500 Days of Summer. Hmm. It's the best breakup movie I've ever seen. Okay. She's freaking out. I got a boogie. Um, is that okay with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I can handle the rest of the I don't think we have too many super sick. Poor baby. I think she's sick. This is a whole family. Sick. She has coronavirus. Um, I actually think she does. <laughs> infant, I pulled out a booger today that was like this infant long Rona. Oh. oh, no. Okay. Thank you guys for your understanding. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I'll, Bye, guys. I'll finish up the questions here and we'll call it a show. Have a good night. Okay. Let's see. Um, where did I leave off? Uh, yeah. So good luck, Ryan. Um, as I said, limit exposure to her and build the best version of yourself you can. Focus on yourself. Trust me, it, things get better. And that it took me a long time to realize that. But eventually I did. And I built a better version of myself. And somebody better came into my life. And now I look back at people I used to fret over. And I'm thinking, why the hell was I ever mentally concerned with this person? Why was I suffering anguish on account of this person? Trust me, it, 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 it'll happen. And good luck, man. Management says during a class discussion, I was asked if I think people should be canceled for using the N word hard R. I defended its use with Brandenburg versus Ohio. Have we gotten to the point where speech crime has mainstream acceptability? Well, um, 
speech, speech. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, there's there is a distinction here between what a legal punishment and a cultural punishment. And and I agree that philosophically, the philosophical basis for why we don't want a legal punishment extends to the cultural uh, philosophy, too, that we don't want to because we don't for the same reasons that we don't want the law intervening in what people can say. We don't want to become a society that that punishes people for what they say uh, in, in some sort of over the top or cruel way, because, of course, that that's a culture that would lead to legal punishment anyway. Um, I suppose. I, I guess I would hesitate to use a legal justification for a cultural argument that they're making. Brandenburg, of course, is the case. Um, the case that established uh, the the incitement doctrine, the Supreme Court's incitement doctrine, it was a bunch of KKK people. The, the state of Ohio was trying to prosecute, and the court said, "Listen, unless there's um, an imminent threat of violence, uh, the speech is square legally." I would say that um, if I was if I was confronting this argument, I would still be anti cancel culture. What I would say is that just because someone said a word you don't like doesn't entitle you to go meddle in their lives. The proper response is for you to dis disassociate from that person. If you find what they say to be intolerable, that you don't like it. Cause of course that that's, that's the real answer here. I'm not going to, obviously I'm, I'm as close to a free speech absolutist as possible, or at least I believe in the, in the courts doctrines that they've, they've carved out. I think they're largely correct. Um, but, uh, but, uh, anyway, lose, I'm having a losing my thoughts a little bit, going full Joe, Joe Biden here. But what I'm getting at is you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, use bad things that people say as an entitlement to go meddle in their lives. You should disassociate from them. That's the correct answer. Um, so it's not cancel culture. It's just, all right, this person sucks. Walk away and, and leave it at that. That would be the argument that I would make culturally if I was confronted with with that question. Uh, free scone says any updates on the, uh, P three sixty five, not sure whether to get the three sixty five XL and the Glock 43 X, the three sixty five XL comes in a much better complete package, but the 43 X has the potential to accept aftermarket 15 flush round, uh, 15 round flush mags. Uh, and also the striker control device. Sorry, blonde and Matt, good luck with, the wedding stuff. I'd actually have never handled a 365, so I can't tell you, but I know they have a big, broad fan base in this audience, and I've never heard anything but good things. And I do have, let's see, we have one Sig Sauer firearm, I think, just one. Um, they're quality, they're quality products. I, I I don't know that I've ever seen a Sig product that's trash, to be honest. So um, that said, uh, I, I've actually never handled the 43X either. Uh, I am constantly praising Glock 19, the Glock 19 in general on this show. And uh, I, I will because they just work. But um, if I let's see, if I was if you're asking me which of those I would pick, I got to say I'm very impressed by the 365's modularity. I'm very I think it's super cool. All the different ways you can set that up and how you can swap out parts. Um, and, uh, and 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 so that that's very impressive to me. And uh, I, so if I was buying right now. Uh, I'd probably pick up the 365. That said, I've got I've got a Glock in the safe, so I don't necessarily want another Glock. If you're starting from if you're just starting fresh and you're buying one uh, without anything else to fall back on. Um, I don't know. I'd probably still go with the, the 365. Just the features are cooler, in my opinion. Rick Moranis says, <laughs> "I'm keeping." In keeping with Gage Grosskreutz going uncharged, I wonder how long it will be until Jacob Blake's accuser 
as a change of heart. Can't have St. Jacob's image tarnished with tawdry domestic abuse charges. When is he due back in court? I don't know, actually. Yeah, but he has been charged. He, I, he had a whole court hearing. Um, he's been charged. I don't think they're going to get away. I don't think they're going to let him get away on that one because uh, the charges against him are fairly serious. So we'll see. I would be shocked if he gets away cleanly. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, ATC has a lot to say over on DLive. Uh, she says, um, I think a she anyway, judging by the picture. Sorry if I misgender. Seems Pence is owning Harris in the debate. Uh, if Twitter is to be believed, that is. Diamonds goes in the chest. The chest is full of diamonds. Diamonds goes in the chest. Thank you. Uh, much appreciated. I, I, I open the chest on Sundays only just because for whatever reason, that's all DLive will let me do. Or at least that's all they used to let me do. DLive is full of all sorts of weird quirks. So I just made a decision prior. All right. It only lets me open them once a week. Open the chest once a week. I'll open it once a week and we'll do it on Sundays. So thank you, ETC. Much appreciated. Uh, let's see. We'll catch up on Streamlabs and YouTube. We'll call it a night, guys. Uh, Aaron D says, my fiance called off the wedding. So I have a little more money to spend. My God, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, hope that this donation will help Matt's wedding and Blonde's baby. Guess I get to restart my search for a conservative Christian woman in Minnesota. 2020 is a roller coaster. My goodness. Jeez, man. The- that's that uh, that's heartbreaking to hear, man. I I appreciate the uh, the support for the show, and I will. Oh, it's, it won't even. Twenty twenty is a roller coaster because it won't even let me play my sounder. Let me see if I can get it going for you here, because I have to play what is owed. There we go. I am not going to be niggered. Um, man, that is that is an absolute heartbreaker. I hope you're doing okay. I, I mean, I, I don't want to prod or be rude or anything, but um. You know, if, if if it's helpful to share, uh, send me an email. That uh, that just sucks, man. I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. And I hope, uh, listen, I hope there are there's something better ahead of you. I I have faith that there is. I just hate to hear that story, uh, just personally, because I know how much bullshit I've gone through, and we've gone through to try to set up our day in this current environment it's absolute chaos it's absolute madness and if you're telling me you went through a lot of that same bullshit and then she just decides something else uh when you're i mean when you're when you're working through all that stuff i'm just i'm terribly sorry to hear it man and i hope the best for you bill says the indian wars can be justified in that it was a choice between us or them there was no holding hands and singing campfire songs together there was no uh holding hands and singing campfire songs together option the Comanches in particular were brutal to their enemies. I lose no sleep over ending their empire. I think, I think the, uh, as far as the justification of all that stuff, man, I'd probably have to probably have to read a little more about the history of how all this developed. But I think the, I think the history of it is just fascinating. Like I love watching, I don't know the battle of little bighorn really fascinates me. That's a piece of Montana history and you can go you know, visit the, the battlefield. Of course, I think that's really cool. There's a lot of that sort of history in this part of the country, just historical sites of the army chasing bands of Indians who refused to uh, comply with the reservation orders. I think all that stuff is is really interesting to think about and to visit those sites. Uh, I am not an expert historian on any of those issues. So as far as the overall justification and the overall necessity, probably a little bit, a little bit above my historian pay grade, but yeah, uh, interesting stuff and and 
to the point that you're making too, there's no doubt that there was a lot of brutality. It's, uh, you know, we, we always think about the injustices that, that Americans uh, or white Americans committed against Native Americans. And there was a lot of that. I think there was. But the idea that there was none the other way or that Indians universally treat Indian tribes treated each other. Well, there was tons of brutality, man. There was, there was absolutely awful stuff going on. So anyway, thank you, Phil. Uh, let's see. We'll catch up on YouTube and call it a night. Okay. Um, Philip Hayden says, hope your wedding is the best uh, day of your life until you have a beautiful child of your own. Texas loves y'all. Well, I hope so. Obviously, that will be uh, high up on the list of priorities uh, shortly thereafter. So uh, I hope so, man. I can't wait. And thank you. A Dime Short says, love to see you guys do a chat with Gavin on censored.tv. Um, I've spoken with Gavin or Gavin's people a few times before. And it, like, there's been several times where there was something lined up to have him on our show or something lined up to have, I know blonde has been on his show before. So that's happened prior there. I, uh, we had, or we were in talks for me to go on. This was a while back. Um, it just, I don't know why it just, if you know how it is, sometimes you're talking to people and they just stop talking back. So, but yeah, the, I, I, I think uh, Gavin's great. I'm a big admirer. So if he ever wanted to talk uh, here or there, of course I'd be interested. Big Armada 1988 says Obamacare uh, helping out people uh, helping out over 20 million Americans with their subpar health insurance while fucking over the other 310 million in the process. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, yeah, and, and, and all we're hearing on stage tonight, or at least all I heard in the brief moments was how can we expand this? How can we make more of this? Good luck. Uh, Long Don John says, I've never heard Pence speak before. I can definitely say Trump is far more entertaining. Just imagine what a Pence v. Biden debate would be like. You know, I actually think that Pence would have done very, very well against Joe Biden because Pence uh, Pence has the right personality for it. Pence would have let Joe Biden speak a lot more. And if you let Joe Biden speak a lot more, Trump's best moments were when he let Joe Biden speak and then he issued a forceful response. The contrast was very clear, not just on the, the policy stances, but on the style points of who would make a better leader. So if Mike, if Mike Pence sat in on that debate, I think he would have done an excellent job. Uh, we'll see how he did uh, against Kamala tonight. I'll, I'll watch it tonight or tomorrow morning. Dale, uh, Dale Jones, thanks for supporting the show. Long Dong John says, perhaps a better alternative to a constitution or perhaps a better alternative is a constitutional amendment to hard cap the court at nine justices, maybe kneecap their power a bit while we're at it. That's yeah. You could, you could define the court. Uh, you could define the seats on the court by constitutional uh, amendment to make sure that it could not be legislatively changed at any point in the future. I think you're onto something there. Michael Leahy says, uh, have you heard of crucible child Patriot American victory? It is the true story of a schoolboy's struggle and victory against a society obsessed with an un-American anti-white ideology. Relatable. Um, it sounds like a movie. And if it's a movie, then I've, I've never seen it. Or maybe it's a book. Um, no, but I've not heard of it. Thank you, ma'am. Darlene, uh, Darlene Kate says, admission to a hospital or a nursing home or a care facility requires testing. If refused, uh, admitted as contagious and in full isolation. Everyone entering your room must wear a gown, glove, mask, head covering, and shoe covers. Yeah, I assume this is in um, this is referring to Blonde uh, and her 
potential of getting testing. I guess she's thinking, though, she doesn't need an admission to a hospital, at least not in her current state. Hopefully things don't get any worse. But I think this would just be a purely elective test. Just I'm curious if I have it or not. Thank you, Darlene. Dangerous Spaces says, damn it, didn't make the cut again this week. What are your thoughts on people saying Trump has to win the popular vote to be considered legitimate? Uh, wrong. To borrow Trump's <laughs> to borrow Trump's phrase, wrong. I don't, that's not the way the system was designed. It's You're the president of the United States. You need to win states to be the president of the United States. It is not the president of the United popular vote. It's not the president of the United people. It is the president of the United States. You win states. Bottom line, don't like the system, change it, but that's the system that's in place, and for good reason, it's philosophically sound. Thank you, man. Sorry about the cutoff. Uh, just a blank name says USA instigated war in the Pacific theater via oil blockade and sending ships far into Japan's oceans. Also nukes didn't end the war. USSR entering the war in Japan, losing their arbitrator did. I don't know a lot about the history of uh, what led up to Pearl Harbor. So I'll have to, I'll have to punt on that one. That's um, man. I'm sure I've learned about that at some point, but I haven't thought about that stuff for a long time. Thank you for the info. Canine. The cat says Dutch, since.com directed energy weapon beams into new Madrid seismic zone as one 100 Fahrenheit temperatures flare up tectonic plates targeted worldwide to trigger quakes. The next new normal, the UN will invade next. Well, (laughs) I love that thinking that um, they're going to set off Yellowstone. They're going to set off. They're going to detonate Yellowstone to, uh, to be the next catastrophe. If so, I'm screwed. It was nice knowing you guys. If Yellowstone erupts, you guys probably have a chance. I'll be uh, incinerated. Titus Moeller says, you got a shout out on Tim Pool's show Monday in a super chat. And he said, he'd love to have you two on. Lauren Chen was his guest that day. So we were told that's very cool. And thank you to the chatter. And uh, of course, you know, I, I've, I have great admiration for all of them. I think they're all doing great work and, uh, and I'm happy to work with Tim anytime. Um, and you know, blonde, if he wants to have blonde, (laughs) I have no doubt that blonde will shit on his beanie in person. (laughs) as She would on this show. Russ says, uh, I also saw the shout out on Tim cast. Uh, they might like to target shoot with you. Go for it. You look beautiful tonight, blonde. Well, thank, thank you. I'll forward that kind word to her. Uh, and hi, Matt. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, well, that's right. Uh, Tim has a, a rifle from Steven Crowder, right? That was the story a few months ago. So I hope he has properly broken in that rifle and uh, become familiar with it. Um, that would be really fun. I think that'd be that'd be really cool. Also, if I got to hang out with Tim Pool, I could try to skateboard again, man. I used to love to skateboard when I was um, in high school and junior high. And then, you know, you get to be in your early 20s and you roll too many ankles and you weigh more than like a buck 50. So you can't really do it anymore. Um but uh, but I don't know. I, I wonder how much Tim still skates. I'm pretty sure he does still skate quite a lot. And from what I've seen, he's he's pretty good. So I, that might be fun too. Um, Mufisto says, haven't watched the stream yet. Playing games, watch later. Sorry. Well, you have to apologize. Man. Absolutely nothing to apologize for when you're uh, supporting the show or tuning in or whatever you're doing. Much appreciated. I think we are all set, guys. Oh, we're good over on DLive. Thank you guys. Oh, we got one more coming in. Jeremiah Chittam says, last super chat, maybe. Hell yeah. Love you guys. You do get last words. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, all right. Oh, my system's gone haywire. I can't even play my outro music. Come on. Well, we'll we'll see if we can get it going here. Uh yeah, there we go.
anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off, and uh, I'm gonna sign off and watch the debate maybe tonight. And I want to see uh, what exactly happened between Mike Pence and Kamala. And I assume maybe I'll talk about that next video. We'll of course be back on Sunday to discuss it more, if not. Uh, plus everything else that's going on. I was talking about the McCloskeys. They got indicted. I want to talk about that. Um, and actually, a friend of the show, the guy who did our artwork, tweeted uh, a video that Trump retweeted. So our friend of the show got banned. More on that Sunday. See ya.